LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Oh, it's huge. Huge this morning. Not as cold as it was yesterday. Why wasn't Waitrose open? I was really fed up with that. I was just going to go in there. But, and yet, strangely enough, Marks and Spencer's was open. Waitrose... Is it the size of the shop? Oh, perhaps I could cut Waitrose in half. Nobody'd notice the difference. Most of it's wasted space anyway. And um, so anyway, yes, and why not? It's because uh, it's Easter, and that means... What do we do Easter Monday? Is, is everything closed again? Oh, I couldn't bear it if it's closed again. I really couldn't. I love the idea of people saying we're a Christian country. We're quite clearly not. You know, there might be a few Christians here. But I seem to remember the last march of Christians in Edinburgh, only a few days ago, only produced about 2,500 people. You know, we are 65 million strong in the country. They're closing churches left, right and centre. They're converting them into houses. I myself nearly bought one some years ago. It was just a little bit big. And I wasn't sure whether or not putting a swimming pool in the, uh, in the crypt would have been the, uh, the way forward. But in fact, a swimming pool in the crypt it had. And, it was, and I, I quite fancied the idea of living in a church. I thought they'd make you nearer to God. If it is, there is a God, and I don't want to go down that route this morning. This isn't that kind of programme. We don't sort of sit here and discuss the basis of whether there is a God or there isn't a God, because if you're Christian, you're not going to be listening to the radio, I'm afraid. You'd be poring over the Bible, trying to work out what day it is and what you're supposed to be doing, because for Catholics, it's a nightmare over Christmas. We spend a lot of time remonstrating with ourselves and then trying to sort things out, and we've still got the same problems we had before, but at least the party faithful pitched up in Rome. That was nice. Pope came out, full house, count them, one, two, three, good, not bad. Not bad, and he did his speech, everybody was very happy about it. In this country, people were going around, what do we do now? What do we do with the kids? It's Easter. Uh, OK, there's no fun fairs in West London. We are devoid of fun fairs, and so we haven't got anything like that to go to. We had the, we've got the, the boat race we had yesterday. Well, frankly, I wouldn't give you threepence for the boat race. What a waste of time. Two Ponzi crews, Oxford and Cambridge. Hello, do you know anybody who went? Me neither. You know, and so the Ponzi crews get out there. Last year, some barking mad bloke decided to swim into... I'd have knocked him on the head with an oar, I'm afraid. I wouldn't have wasted time. And, uh, and this year, we had to bring the army in to try and protect the... I mean, does it generate income? Does it do it for charity? Is it sponsored? I don't, don't quite get the... You know, I mean, I love the idea we've got it. I'm, I'm fiercely British, as you know. So anything that is, you know, destroys the moral fabric of this country, I'm not, you know, not au fait with. It's like, I like fish and chips. I like Rolls-Royce motor cars, even though they're probably made by somebody else. But I, I like that kind of thing. I like something traditionally British. So the Oxford and Cambridge boat race, I'd completely forgotten it occurred over Easter. Completely forgotten. It wasn't until I drove over Putney Bridge. I thought, wait a minute, all these cameras, cables... A few half-hearted people wearing Berbers, wandering around, looking a bit lost. And then a few... Uh, and then yesterday I came out, and I'd, luckily I'd missed it. Because I went off for a walk yesterday, uh, went off... I, I did Friday. I went off for breakfast in a London hotel. Now, I don't normally do breakfast in London hotels. But a friend of mine was staying at the Copthorne Tara, which is off Kensington High Street. It's what I call a budget hotel. It's full of tourists... Lots of Russians, and and it's it's quite. In fact, I'd forgotten it was there, but I'd remember a friend of mine had stayed there a while ago, and it was it was it was it was okay. She showed me a room. It was perfectly pleasant, double room. The only problem was she was overlooking the back, but it had a television, a bathroom. It's got everything in there you want for what I call a budget hotel. And she said because uh, we'd originally planned to go. Well, in fact, we did do it to the Bowie exhibition. But I said let's have breakfast first of all. So I finished here, faffed around. Uh, had a chat to my friend Ant, and he said, oh, you're going to Ken High Street? Get the number nine bus. Well, I mean, once you know where your buses are going, it's, it's brilliant. It is absolutely wonderful. So I walked to Trafalgar Square, 
to, um, outside a restaurant called Thai Square, which this friend of mine had been to the night before, and she said the food's really nice. And, and not too expensive, you know, as food, food goes. Anyway, so I get the number nine bus there and pootle through London. We go down Pall Mall, we go up, we go down. It was really nice. I really enjoyed the journey. And all... All for the for the price of my oyster card. So we, so she says to me, let's not uh, let's not go out for breakfast. I've got a voucher for the hotel, where it's two breakfasts for twenty quid. So that's a tenner each. So I said, well, let's try that. So anyway, we go in there. I, I pay twenty quid. We get shown into this very pleasant dining room. It's full of tourists. So it doesn't make any difference whether you're loud or not, because they don't know. And they obviously have a lot of Japanese there because they had certain Japanese breakfasts, and they seem to eat bean shoots or whatever it was and it was different and they had a toast machine they never work properly so put it through twice if you're going and uh, i had sausages uh we had scrambled egg egg bacon and you could keep going up it was a buffet you could keep going up and having as much so in fact i was determined to eat my body weight in sausages because they were little sausages oh they were delicious absolutely delicious so we had that in fact, just thinking about it, it makes my mouth water. I had two pieces of toast. Wee, pushed the boat out. And some scrambled egg and bacon. I didn't go for the beans. I thought, not really. Not, not first thing in the morning. It's nice to put it in there, but it's, it's not really me. I wish they'd done tinned tomatoes, but they didn't have those. So, had the breakfast. Very happy with that. They, they come over. You've only got to leave the table to go and get more, and they come and whisk all your, all your crockery away. It was all very fast in there. Hello, you finished? No, leave it. Leave it. Leave it! In the end, you have to practically batter them into the floor to get them to leave your cutlery there. But it was lovely. And so we had that, and then we uh, went up to the room, got the stuff down, she checked the bag in downstairs, and off we toddled to the V&A for the David Bowie exhibition. Now, being members of the V&A, membership has its benefits. You can go to all their exhibitions for free, gratis, cost you not a penny piece. You show the card, not only do you get in free for all their exhibitions, which would have cost us, I don't know how much it costs to go to the Bowie exhibition, 17 quid each, I don't know. Whatever it is, we didn't we didn't pay. And and then you also get 10% discount in the gift shop, 10% discount in the cafes. So it's, re- it's worth it. it. I promise you, it's absolutely worth it. It's worth it for the exhibitions alone, because they have so many throughout the year. We did two exhibitions. We did the Bowie exhibition and then Treasures from Russia, which was, it's got the suit of armour of Henry VIII. My God, he was fat. Bye. God, he was fair. How he walked in this thing, he must have looked as camp as a Christmas tree. Bless his heart. Clumping around in armour. Small wonder they had to winch them onto the horses. Anyway, they've got that. They've got, oh, some lovely things. Oh, lovely, lovely things. Must be like opening the tomb of Tutankhamun going, what can you see? Lovely things. Lovely things. And so we did that. But the, the Bowie exhibition, we had a little bit of a contretemps with, let's just call him a Jobsworth sitting on the door with sort of half a beard, not very old, probably middle twenties. So, as we'd walked through, because you go right, right, you go straight into the V&A, right to the back, then you turn right, and there's a sign that says, David Bowie Exhibition, Treasures of Russia, blah, blah, blah. So we get it, but on the right-hand side, there's a queue of people. And, and I thought, well, what about their queue? Anyway, we didn't have to queue, because we, ha- we are members of the V&A. So we, we walk down, we get there, and he goes, uh, we show the cards, he goes, you need to go back and get your headset. I said, I don't want a headset. You know, I didn't want it. That's what they were queuing for. They were all being plugged into these headsets. So they could... He said, well, it's part of the experience. I, said, I couldn't give a stuff, mate. I don't want a headset, OK? He said, well, you can't come in without it. I thought, what? What? So I said, I don't want... To, what is it about I don't want a headset? You're not understanding. Anyway, he wasn't budging. And what I should have done is I should have called a manager over. Because, frankly, I was beginning to get to the stage where I was about to push him through a bloody wall. Because these jobs worth, if you don't want a headset, I don't want a headset. He didn't know whether I had hearing problems or anything. He just went, you can't come in without a headset. I thought, who are you? 
Who are you to tell me this? I'm a member of the V&A, pal. I pay your wages. I don't want to be pushed around like some little oik. You know, I've spent a lot of money and I don't want to wear a headset. But he wasn't letting us in. Strangely enough, there were people in there without headsets. So quite clearly, perhaps he'd gone off duty. Perhaps he was going to do his makeup or something. It was slightly odd. So anyway, so we go back and queue up for this headset, which we never wore. And at the end, we walked out, two couples in front of us, they never had headsets. And I felt like making an official complaint to the V&A, saying, get this man off the door, he's giving the V&A the wrong image. I can email them, can't I? I will, I'm going to make an official complaint about him. Because, to be honest with you, he's giving the wrong image of a museum that I've supported for years. And I didn't get a name, but I could pick him out in an identity lineup. let me tell you. He annoyed me that much. He completely ruined the experience. I thought, don't tell me what to do, pal. Don't come round to your place and tell you what to do. I'm a member. I want to go in. He didn't know if I was deaf or anything. He just went, you're not coming in without it. What I should have done is push past him and open the door. Really, really nasty piece of work. Didn't like him at all. So anyways, we go in there, and the one thing you notice about the exhibition is that David Bowie was stick-thin. In fact, there's more meat on a matchstick. At one point, I looked at this pair of trousers, I think for the Aladdin Sane album... Well, it was between 12 and 16 inches, his waist. It cannot, it cannot have been any bigger. You were looking at clothes. I thought perhaps they'd been pinched in at the back. Perhaps they'd been taken in and, and you... But he was thin. There was nothing... But I'm not surprised they called him the Thin White Duke. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So they've got all his, his costumes. They've got the ones from Japan. They were made by this famous designer. They've got his handwritten lyrics. The one thing you'll notice about his handwritten lyrics is he can't spell for toffee. He really cannot spell, so he's either dyslexic uh, or he's just a very bad speller. And very written in a childlike way, all his handwritten lyrics. But it was, it was nice. They've got loads of costumes. They've done it really well, as with all the exhibitions at the V&A. They're beautifully done. And the good thing is that they've obviously timed the people coming in. And so that, um, so that they then know exactly. So you don't go around. Unlike the costumes from Hollywood, where it was round, the David Bowie exhibition was beautiful. We walked around, yet the queue to buy tickets was phenomenal. I mean, it really was. I've never seen so many people. In fact, we, we got there just as the museum was about to open, and there was a few hundred people outside. Loads of people at the zoo yesterday went down to see the Sumatran Tigers, because I'm a member of London Zoo as well. Do you know, to be honest with you, I know you think, oh, it must sound really poncy to be a member. Anybody can join. It's open to everybody, and you save a fortune. You know, I'm only doing it because I'm mean. I'm mean and tight, so, you know, I join historic royal palaces. I join, I nearly went and rejoined the British Museum to go and see the treasures of Pompeii. But I thought, I've, I've been in the British Museum, I like to try and do different, different places, and I like the exhibitions at the V&A because they're good and you can go round. And if you've been to the museum before, I was able to show Helena things about the museum that she didn't know, and I was able to say, this is Thomas Pinder's house, the Pinder of Wakefield, and they've saved the front of it, and this is this, and this is this room that they removed from Norfolk House, and it's the music room, and it's all gilded and beautiful and wonderful. And so that's, that's quite a good thing. You learn as you go round. I absorb I'm a bit like a sponge. I absorb it, and I certainly absorb that man's face, let me tell you. You know, it was just awful. What a wrong impression to give you the V&A. I thought, you know, so it might have been somebody else who'd been down. They said, I've just paid for a ticket. I don't want a headset. Stick the headset up. Well, anyway, look at the time. Quarter past four. LBC. Happy Easter. That's what we say, isn't it? We say Happy Easter. And people who want to go out shopping today, I think, can go out shopping. Where's the place you're going to be going to? Garden centres. Unfortunately, the weather is so atrocious, there's no point. I did go to a garden centre on... When did I go? Saturday. And I picked up some earth in bags. 
uh, and it's Levington's compost, because at one, some point over the next few weeks I'm going to be assembling the hanging baskets. And I had one bag of earth left over from last year, so I bought four, because it was buy one, get one free. And, uh, and I got it quite cheap. She made a mistake. She made a mistake on the price. And I pointed it out to her. I was very good. And she said, oh, I've already tapped it in now. It's OK. I thought, that's a nice thing to do. Don't, don't tell the bosses, for God's sake, we'll all be in trouble. So anyway, so I, I bought four bags of earth, got home, loaded it on the trolley, took it upstairs, and it's all ready for making up the hanging baskets. Once Mr Vizzino's taken away the old hanging baskets, and I can make up the new ones. But the, the price of um, plants... Oh, I've got a gadget competition. I knew something I was going to tell. I've got a gadget competition as well for you today. But anyway, leave that to her. So, and I looked at the price of plants, and this year I've decided to do all fuchsias. All fuchsias. And it's... A little tiny pot, a little tiny pot of, of one little fuchsia thing. £2.29. I thought you were having a laugh. You were having a laugh. I'm not interested in spending £2.29. They're worth about a 50p. £2.29. And I thought, but I'm going to be using about eight, about 16 plants in a basket. I'd always spend at £2.29. I thought, no, 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 I'll buy them cheaper somewhere else. I'll go to Ideal World and buy the actual plugs. And then, and then sort of grow those on and make... £2.29, thought you're ripping us off. I get really annoyed when, when nurseries and garden centres rip you off. A, literally, a little, if I brought it in and photographed it, you'd wet yourself laughing. Absolutely ridiculous. A little tiny pot, no bigger than about three inches tall, with one little thing in the middle, which, I mean, would have cutting off last year's plant. Really annoying. £2.29. Not for me, thank you very much. Anyway, I mean, uh, you're quite right, Warren. And it does say on them, they, they cover themselves... Protect from frost. Because at the moment we've got sub-zero temperatures. So there's no point in putting anything out at the moment. So I've got to wait. So I've got the earth. I've got the baskets. I should now wait a little while to get the, uh, to get the plants. And then go... And I know I've said I'm going to do them all fuchsias. And to be honest, I want them all to be fuchsias. We're going to cost about 50 quid a blooming basket. Which is a lot, actually. So we're all panicking at midsummer open gardens. I'm not at all surprised, Warren. I'm not at all surprised. The weather is, is diabolic at the moment. Some of my baskets have survived from last year, and I'm, and I'm watering them and, and being very, very good, actually. There is a, a website, actually, www.midsummergardens.com. But you mustn't put any little plants out, because below 11 degrees, uh, which it is at the moment, they're, they're just going to keel over, I'm afraid. So you don't, you don't, don't waste your money buying... And do not buy any plants in garden centres today. I'm not, I'm not being cruel, I'm just sort of saying, there's no point in you buying them, half of them will die. And once they've got the frost, they might look all right, but I promise you, stunted growth, oh dear, plants that you don't want to look at, I'm afraid. 84850, Shirley says, the Copthorne Tower is the best kept secret in London, relocation. Shh, don't tell me, don't tell me. I shouldn't have mentioned it, because my friend said to me, she said, it's literally, it's on Ken High Street. You're right in the middle, you literally walk up the road... And, I mean, hey, you've got taxis just over the road anyway, but you literally turn left by Boots. Oh, this may giving it away. You've had so much trouble. And so you, you go left by Boots, and then you go down to the bottom, and then go, go left, and it's there. It's quite a big hotel, I must imagine. It's got quite a few hundred rooms. But the breakfast, I thought, was great. For a tenner, well worth it. Well worth For £10, a bre- I know you can get cheaper breakfast. To be honest with you, I'd rather buy it in a big hotel where they've got a turnover of things like that, as opposed to some other places. You know, I'm a bit funny about that. Uh, unless you've got a heated greenhouse, 
Don't don't bother. I mean, do you know I'd love a, a greenhouse? I, I could potter about in a greenhouse. The smell of earth and putting things in, pricking out. You know, I used to love stuff like that. Putting little seed. Oh God, honestly, I could be quite happy doing that for the rest of my days. Unfortunately, and here comes the uh, the bad bit of the show. As if there would be a bad bit of the show today, being Bank Holiday Monday or Easter Monday. Some French bloke won the lottery. Some French bloke the other side of the channel, who probably has hardly contributed to the blooming Euro millions, got 110 blooming million. I was so cross. I was so cross. I vowed never to eat garlic ever again. I've decided I'm not eating the onions. I'm eating nothing that says made in France. 110 million. That's what he won. He'll be living in a small little place in Chateaubriand or something like that, in some little place. I don't know, anyway. And, and, and he's got 110 million. I hate him already. I hate him. If it's a woman, it's fine, but I hate him straight away. So I don't know. don't know if I've won anything at all. So, uh, my advice today is if you're going to go out later on, don't buy anything from gar- Don't buy plants from garden centres. It's just absolutely not worth it. Your daffodils should be shooting up now. And so any minute now, you should be getting a nice display. I've got the earth so I can empty out all my tubs and troughs. One of my troughs, one of my um, terracotta pots has been subject to frost and it's cracked, which is a shame, really, because, again, you have, to, you have to make sure they are frost-free, because otherwise, when it goes really cold, the temperature just cracks. And the thing falls apart. So I can fill those up very shortly, and then I can put the summer plants in. But I'm determined in all hanging baskets. Eight I will have this year. I'm going to make them all fuchsia, I think. I'm not sure that if a fuchsia hanging basket all by itself is going to look a bit stupid. Oh, trials and tribulations, honestly. Things I've got to worry about. I, I, I wrote on something the other day on my Twitter and said, oh, you know, I've got... Th-, and somebody said, you've only had two things to worry about. How is this stress? That you've got no idea how stressful it is being Steve Allen. It's not easy. It's not easy. I bumped into a couple in the car park in the garden centre where, where I went to the other day and she said, she said, we thought it was you. She said, because we recognised the car. See, people now recognise the car. I'm now, on, I'm now on speaking terms with the Lithuanian boys in the car wash. They've been dying to talk to me for ages about the car because they're quite clearly all car fanatics. You know, yesterday, because the boss wasn't in, uh, we had to lift the bonnet up and show them the engine. So I stood there peering into something I have no idea about. Making polite conversation. Yes, it's 6.75 litres. It's very fast. It's uh, an electronic ignition on the turbo. Whereas before it was a chain, now it's electronic. <laughs> but you'd have loved it, Warren. Oh, it was re- they were really enthusiastic, pouring all over the car and, you know, being sort of just being excited about the car and how old it was and what it was worth. And I so wanted to go home, win the 110 million and go back and go, I've just bought a bigger car because they were impressed by this one. They'd be more impressed by the other one, I should imagine. Uh, anyway, 84850, uk. We take all your texts and emails on the programme this morning. We weave it all in. Well, most of it we weave in. Um, wait a minute, where am I going to here? Uh, oh, that's right, I'm going onto that, wasn't I? Uh, on the subject of the museum headset, um, you should have said to the museum doorman that you're claustrophobic and wearing such a thing could bring on a severe anxiety attack. What I should have said is, I'm death just to see whether he said it, because it was just this assumption that you weren't going in without it, because it was part of the experience. I thought, what sort of poncy exhibition is it? I don't want to wear it. And if you go there, you don't need to wear it. If you want to, wear it. If you don't want to wear it, don't wear it. It's like saying, it's like, I went to, oh, the other day, Waitrose. You all get it, don't you, in Waitrose. I've got eight, uh, six items. OK, they're fairly big. And I've got my basket. And so I get to the thing, and uh, so I put them down. So the girl goes... 
you need a bag? I mean, it's... You just... So I said... So, of course, I mean, I'm, I was feeling fairly flippant, so I said, I think so, don't you? And she said, well, I have to ask, in a sneering kind of way, and I thought, why do you have to ask? Would it not be easier, suppose, you know, do you want a bag? As opposed to saying, do you have your own bag? That would make it, when she said, we're told to ask. And I wanted to say, surely, darling, you could use your own common sense. You know, you could be reasonably intelligent and sort of kind of work out. If I'm standing there and I haven't produced my own bag, what do you think? You're going to scan it all through the till. I'm going to start hunting for my purse and produce a carrier bag at the same time. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yes, I mean, I, I agree. Don't, don't get the, uh, the thing, you know, the, uh, the headset. If you don't want to wear it, because you look at the costumes, everything's self-explanatory. It's got words and, you know, music underneath everything. But uh, Bowie was all over the uh, radio and TV this weekend. You couldn't get too happy about the... You didn't sound too happy about the V&A. Oh, I loved it. I thought the exhibition was great. I'm a big fan of all their exhibitions. I go to all of them. That's why I've joined. And uh, it's just this job's worth on the door. Never at any trouble anywhere. You show your card, they welcome you with open arms. It's as simple as that. Went to the zoo the other day, because I've got a card for the zoo. And uh, the lady on the till said, do you have a... Um, a, fellow, a fellowship card. You're a fellow of ZZZ. I said, yeah. She said, well, could you get an extra 10% off? I said, thank you. I produced my card from my pocket. So there you go. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. It's uh, my brother-in-law Paul's birthday today, 40th. <laughs> yeah, right. In your, in your dreams, pal. Nobody admits to 40 nowadays. Nobody admits. Although, strange enough, this week I've got Julian Clary in tomorrow. And he came to my... F- birthday some years ago <laughs> Ooh, nearly fell into that one Stephen. goodness sake uh <laughs> have a look outside the window they're all outside there they're not are they wait a minute don't go anywhere don't go anywhere stay there oh this are they it's not them all walking down the road is it they can't be sorry actually sorry it's four o'clock in the morning he says have a look outside the window. All the Norian Co. Facebook that waving just for you outside the theatre. You're not serious. Well, I looked outside. I couldn't see anybody. What time did that one come in? 4.04. Oh, well, perhaps at 4.04 they were. Which I don't get these things straight away. <laughs> they take ages to come in. Uh, hope you're well, says Noreen. Absolutely loved James Martin in conversation. I wonder what he thought of your culinary skills. <laughs> what? God. Not very impressed. Not very impressed. I loved it when he mentioned kale. You said, was it a ready meal? It's a sort of cabbage. Love the Sophie Wessex outfit, and Beatrice and Eugenie tried to get in the foreground. I think if the Queen has to cut down on the duties, Sophie could do it. And that reminded me, actually, because uh, we lost Richard Griffiths. Lovely, lovely, lovely Richard Griffiths. You wouldn't have found a nicer man. We recorded him for In Conversation. Um about three months ago, I think three months ago. I'm thinking of running it again this, this coming weekend. He was such a nice man. I mean, I know people say in the business, and I know it's, it's very easy and very glib to say, oh, yes, yeah, somebody was a nice person, but I promise you, when I met him, he's, he was a big bloke, as you know. He was carrying a lot of weight. And, uh, and I did what I don't normally do. But I said to him, I said, I've so wanted to meet you for ages. I said, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And... He went, thank you. And he was lovely. He was lovely. We talked about pie in the sky. We talked about the history boys. We talked about loads of stuff. 
He was just, you know, just a nice, nice man. So when it was announced the other day, I mean, I'd seriously, it was the only thing that had affected me for ages. It was the first... <laughs> you have a look as well? I thought I'd gone blind or something. I'm looking out the window for nobody who's there. I'm not sure if Neil's winding me up now. Why would people get up at this time of the morning and go and stand outside the Garrick? I ask you. But anyway, so we lost Richard Griffiths, and that was... He was only 65. 65 is nothing, is it? Absolutely nothing at all. And he was about to transfer to Broadway. He was about to go to Broadway to take over, I think, the Sunshine Boys over there. He was a lovely, lovely man. I think he was a lot iller than people realise. I think he'd had heart surgery and there were complications. Anything more than that, I don't know. I just, I just felt immensely sad when he, uh, when he passed, because at 65, I don't expect it. I don't expect anybody on my uh, In Conversation. I've lost a few recently, actually, on In Conversations. <laughs> don't tell them, for God's sake. They'll think it's a kiss of death or something. It's dreadful. But uh, he was a very, very nice person, very, very gracious, just, just genuine. I've always said, bigger the person... The bigger the star, the nicer they are. The lower down the ranks they are, you're dealing with complete and utter so-and-sos. Let me tell you, I've dealt with more people who've got attitude over the years. So now we don't bother with anybody who's not been in the business very long. You know, they've got to, they've got to have served their apprenticeship. Because that way, at least they've got something to talk about. Like I have every morning on LBC 97.3. Do you know, the links, they could almost script them. They couldn't be better unless they were scripted, could they? I could be funnier. Not, not much funnier, admittedly. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Time now, 4.30. Conversation with Steve Allen. Malcolm says, you should have told the Jobsworth that you wear a headset every day at work and you're not on a busman's holiday. I should, I'm going to make an official complaint about him because I'm just, I'm just like that, I'm afraid. Uh, April, oh, it's an April Fool. They're not outside. That's a horrible April Fool. I just exerted energy getting up out of this seat. He said, the lady who asked you if you wanted to carry a bag, he said, well, you are a member of the Magic Circle. Perhaps you thought you were going to make one appear out of thin air. He says, anyway, can you give us a wave? I'll show you a wave. I'll show you a wave. So anyway, yesterday, I get back in, and I'd had so much fresh air, I was quite exhausted. Quite exhausted. Been to the zoo, had a good walk around, chatted to Jim, who's one of the, uh, the keepers there, who's one of the ones training the Sumatran Tigers. And, um, and I get back in, and, it's, and it was, it was because I didn't put the heating on. So I had something to eat, and then I fell asleep in front of the television. And, and I woke up, and for some brief moment, I thought I'd overslept. I thought it was the morning. I thought that it was 4.25 in the morning, and that nobody had phoned me. And my show had started, and they must be thinking, where is he? But perhaps I'd, perhaps I'd slept so deeply I'd missed the phone. I went into a complete panic. I stood up rushing around the house, you know, looking at the alarm clocks, going, why has nobody phoned me? Why has nobody phoned me? You know, why, why is the car company not phoned? Why is the producer not phoned? I should have to phone in and go, I, I thought I'll have to lie. I'll have to say, I'm not very well indeed, I can't come in today. It was that, and then I suddenly looked out and I thought, it's quite sunny, isn't it, for 4.25 in the morning? Turned out it wasn't 4.25 in the morning after all. Dreadful, it, awful experience. Awful experience. I hate anything like that. I absolutely hate it. It just drives me completely mad. Because I, I, I lost... I phoned up a friend of mine and said, you won't believe what I've just done. Blah, 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 and explained the story to her. And I went, have you ever done that? She went, no. I thought, just me again, then. It's always me, isn't it? Uh, morning from Manchesterford. Paul's dad's still in hospital, improving daily, and thanking everybody for the good wishes. Easter Monday is, to all intents and purposes, a normal shopping day. Easter Sunday, along with Christmas Day, the only time supermarkets are not allowed to open. It's the square footage that determines whether the shop can open or not. Thank you, Paul. So today we should be OK, shouldn't we? Today we can, we can go out and do the, uh, the normal shopping. 
Shopping, because I like that. I like doing the shopping. I don't want to do anything today. I want to get a couple of candles. That's all I need. Um, and then somebody says here, I must say you missed out on the headset. You shouldn't go to exhibition if you think you already know everything. Yeah, but the trouble is I do know everything. That's the trouble, you see. I'm a bit brighter than you, so uh, I know everything about David Bowie. Everything. I don't, there's nothing that I don't need to uh, to know about, I'm afraid. So, uh, obviously, cleverer than you, which is good. Uh, my sister's a huge fan, says Bev, of uh, Julian Clary. Go to see him at the Jersey Opera House later this month. It's my Christmas Prezi. Uh, D. Kelly is in Hoburn. 84850, uk. Uh, there was no... Oh, you won £5.70 on Friday's Euro Millions. I know, there were five people who won, was it £350,000? I'm hoping I'm one of those. I don't want to lose out to some French bloke, I'm afraid. I, I really don't. Now, I did cut stories from the Sunday papers, some which annoyed me, some which didn't. I got very annoyed about The Voice. A bigger pile of rubbish you'd be hard-pushed to find on the television with Tom The Voice Jones, William, who's a little short bloke from America... Uh, Jesse J and some bloke you've never heard of before. But anyway, um, the the girl who was picked, the blind singer. Do you remember the blind singer who made a... I mentioned it on the... Pro- well, she's already a star in Ireland anyway. The whole thing's a fix. The whole thing's a fiddle. I mean, she's here. She's She's got millions of fans because she's already been on the TV show, The Hit. She was a talk of Ireland. She impressed the judges including Brian McFadden. Doesn't take much, does it? Doesn't take much. So, I mean, th- so now they've said here, in fact, that Danny was in Dublin with his band The Script the night she found fame. And um, and so she's she's already established. What a rip-off, BBC. What a con. So you're just moving people from show to show now to try and pretend it's all new. What a load of old rubbish, isn't it? I wouldn't bother with the voice. It's, it's just awful. And, um, in fact, uh, Tom Latchman was talking about... Oh, all sorts of, uh, uh, This Morning, which asks where the strangest places viewers have dozed off. Sue Barker emails the dog basket. And Rylan Clark proves he's more than a camp bloke who can't sing. He's also a camp bloke who can't present. I know, he can't. And it's, it's absolutely dreadful, actually. It's, uh, it's also a bit terrible. Uh, Shubna Gulati on Loose Women discussing taking photos of herself to post on Twitter. Fans demand pictures. Trust me, darling, they don't. You're an idiot if you think differently, and um, and it's it's not it's not good. I'm afraid because they can't they can't find a job for Peter Andre, and so they've said because it looks likely, even though his show's doing okay on the television, he doesn't do anything. Which is what I said last week. It's very sweet to see little Petey. Not all there in the upstairs department, is he? He's a bit needy. He sits there like a 12-year-old waiting to be asked a question. James Martin told us, after he spent God knows how long in makeup and costume and hair, he said to, uh, to James Martin, do I look all right? I thought, what are you? 40, are you? Or are you really not all there upstairs? Anyway, apparently, rumour has it, uh, Pete's going to try his hand at presenting, you know, to sort of find another sort of thing for him to do. Because, let's face it, the singing career's screwed up, hasn't it? That's going nowhere. That really is going nowhere at all. Michael Jackson, he ain't. In fact, he ain't even the Wombles, poor soul. But Pete sort of drones on with the same, you know, he's going to do this and Pete loves his kids, as you know. But they're, they're, they're going to try him out and see if they can get him presenting. Well, the last time he presented, he was so blooming awful. They had to, you know, people going, oh, God, is he really that bad? Answer is, he really is that bad. The trouble is, poor old Pete, because he's not good, he's in love with himself because he believes the publicity. And if you believe the publicity, then you kind of fall into a trap. And that's why, for Peter Andre, there is no presenting career. They were saying the other day, oh, perhaps they're, they're, they're going to give him a prime-time ITV show. Peter Andre? 
I'd rather give it to the Easter Bunny, to be honest with you. There's no chance, no chance. I got a little bit annoyed, and I then remonstrated with myself when I was looking at how much it's cost us so far to try and look for Madeleine McCann, because the McCanns managed to wheedle the Prime Minister into committing himself. £3.8 million so far. £6,000 a day to look for Madeleine McCann. The parents, you know, I don't know where you go with this. I really don't know where you go with it. One half of me is saying, that's very cruel to say that. The other half of me is saying, what a waste of money. They're not going to find her. They're not going to find her. I'm, I could almost say, it would be the nearest miracle that you could ever achieve. There's 28 detectives working on this thing. What about all the other children who've gone missing? That's what I, that's what I get angry about. It was like, you know, we got angry the other day about the girl who's had the boob operation... And, uh, and the fat bird who's gone back into hospital, Britain's fattest teenager. Nothing clever in that, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing clever in that at all. It's just that, uh, as Carol Malone said in her column, it's about time we stopped it. Let her pay for it. Let her pay for it. She's too... Oh, I can't stand up and cook for myself in the kitchen. Well, sit down and prepare food, then. Everybody else manages it. Waste of space. Dreadful, really. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC.co.uk. The subject of daft questions, says Tony. The girl at the check-in at the airport says, is there anything packed that you're unaware of? I told her, if I was unaware, how would I know? She said, that's why we ask, sir. I don't think she actually understood the conversation. (laughs) Uh, Richard Griffiths was a true one-off, very talented actor and a great bloke. Yes, I could not, could not agree more. Huge fan of Julian Clary, says Sarah. I've got tickets for a show on the 1st of May at Harlow. I hope you're prepared for it. It's very rude. He's gone very rude. He'll have to be not rude with me. Otherwise, we, you know, we, we can't sort of do anything about it, can we? If somebody's going somebody's to be rude on the programme. Because uh, there's a limit to how rude you can be. Uh, 84850, uk. Two things you've got right again. Ant and Deck have got to number one with Let's Get Ready to Rumble. And it appears that Harry Styles is doing something you predicted. No, not that. Working on a solo album. I have to ask the question, can he actually hold a tune? The In Conversation with Richard Griffiths went out on the 3rd of June, so still well on the system. So there you go. He says, heard you ask the other day about where we're up to regarding the old main shows. At the moment, you go back to the 1st of January 2009. OK, so my advice is, thank you, Paul, my advice is that you need to download the programmes. You don't want to miss anything, do you? You can miss my little rants occasionally. I think I've moderated. I think the older I get, I'm, I'm becoming a little bit more lenient with people. Not for much longer, let me tell you. Uh, because uh, we were trying to sort out the other day one of the Nolans coming in uh, because there is a story in the paper. Oh, my God, I've just realised. Yeah, I've got, my, I've got my gadget competition coming up in a moment. I just realised, completely forgot about that. How can I forget about that? What is the matter with you, Stephen? Cool, I had a little breakdown. Because the piece of the paper that the, the Nolans have sealed their differences. Because you remember, they, they all fell out with Anne. Anne is the oldest member. She was the one who was abused by her father from an early age. And she wrote about it in her book. And that's when they all stuck their fingers up at her and ignored her. Shows what charming girls they are, too. And then she was phoned by somebody to say, oh, the Nolans are going back on tour. And she went, oh, great. But not with you, Anne, I'm afraid. Not with you, love. They don't want you. Instead, they've stuck old uh, Colleen on there. Why? She never sang on anything. She la-la'd in the background. She can't sing for toffee. We know what an old fraud Colleen is. And so now, because one of them is dying, they've all decided to sort of bury the hatchet. It turns out, according to Anne, it's uh, Colleen's husband, Ray, 
who's uh, not the most pleasant person. Well, I can understand fighting within families. I understand, you know, I've read about it in the newspapers often enough. But it seems to me that they've got more than an axe to grind with everybody in the group. Colleen, who thinks she's some big star, as opposed to the fat bird who cheated you by pretending she'd lost weight on a, on a DVD, and then piles it all back on again, airbrushed for the tour, and still la la because she never featured on I'm in the Mood for Dancing. That was Anne. Anne was on the biggest single, but Anne was the one who was snubbed. It's disgusting, really, but, you know, that's what they choose to do. And she says, oh, you know, and we weren't invited to Colleen's wedding to Shane, and because, and then she said in the papers, oh, our, our mum was really pleased that nobody knew about it. Not very pleasant, are they? Not very pleasant. Uh, what else did I say? Oh, yes. A very inter- interesting article about, uh, from Robbie Rogers. Remember Robbie Rogers? He's the, uh, the gay footballer. And he says there are loads. Loads and loads. Well, I know six gay footballers. Six gay footballers who are terrified of coming out. And he says it's crazy. In football, I don't know why, it's obviously impossible to come out as nobody's done it. Imagine going to training every day and being in that spotlight. He said he knew he was gay as a teen, but hid the truth as he worried about how it would affect his career. Justin Fashion, remember, killed himself back in uh, 1998, aged just 37. But he says, he says there are tons of secretly gay professionals. Oh, God, you can see them. It's a veritable fairyland out there, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just the fans in the stands, but he's absolutely right. People have known about it for ages and ages, that there are gay footballers, because apparently football is so butch that nobody comes out. Really? Lord. More on Peter Andre. Lined up to host a new Saturday tea time show. Bosses were said to be working on the format amid fears that his My Life series has been hit by budget cuts. Well, it can't get any cheaper, surely. Budget cuts on My Life. The move would fit in with the singer's aims to phase out reality TV and become a serious presenter. But he can't present. I love the way they just say, oh, let's just make. I tell you what. Would you like to repair Rolls-Royce cars now, Peter? Oh, he's, gonna, he's moving away from the reality shows. A source says, while the series has been a success, it's felt there aren't enough happenings in his life to warrant a further run. Well, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. He just takes his kids out and sticks them on the television. That's all he does. But he loves his children. And we know that. We're very happy to report that, ladies and gentlemen. Because Peter Andre is very keen to, uh, to not expose them to too much of the media. <laughs> and then Jordan got married. Again. And it was so nice, so that her children... And Peter Andres can meet yet another man for a brief period in their life. Because you wait till you read in the paper what Jordan's stepfather has advised the, um, the builder who's a stripper, who's married her. And they had all sorts of really famous people at the wedding. No, they didn't. LBC. Competition time. Just very briefly, let me finish off with Peter Andre. Wish somebody would. But anyway, so they're, they're thinking about... Uh, Letting him host a new Saturday tea time show. No, they're not. OK, this is a feeler put out to say that Peter's available. Uh, they say Peter's just turned 40. 40? 40. 40. He's as old as that and wants new projects to become a serious CV presenter and extend his career. This is a career, is it? Pushing yourself on television and telling everybody about you. Don't think so. Anyway, he's filming the eighth TV series of his own show. But uh, there aren't enough things happening. ITV said no decision has been made on the next series of My Life. You suspect by the way they've said that there ain't no series of uh, My Life coming up. Because it's, it's just dull now. It's just, you suddenly realise that Peter Andre is a little bit needy. He doesn't do enough in his life. You know, I mean, they had to ditch the one... Who was that rough footballer? Vinnie Jones. He actually sat there and didn't, he, because he doesn't do anything. He just sat at home watching television. Unless you've got a really busy life and you're doing something. A lot of the time, most people sit there, so they make up situations. Peter Andre. Peter Andre getting fitted with another jacket for his, for his, uh, his little stage shows. 
Well, how boring is that? Oh, dear. Very dull, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, the other week we had our gadget competition, did we not? And uh, a baby kangaroo is called a Joey. And Doug Adams from Loughton. It's very funny. Have you read this script? Just a matter of... Have you read it? You see the glaringly obvious mistake? You see the mistake? Doug Ad- I'll read it out to you. Poor old Doug Adams. Doug Adams from Loughton correctly identified that a joey is the name for a baby kangaroo and won herself a fabulous digital camera. So, you're either post-op transsexual Doug, or failing that, somebody's got no idea that Doug is a butch boy's name. You know, Doug from Loughton, that'll be butch. Come on, butch, Doug, Adams... It's not the Douglas Adams, is it? No, it can't be. He's passed over. Anyway, so well done, Doug. Unless it's do. Perhaps they've misspelt it. Perhaps it's, perhaps it's, I don't know, can't think what it could be, actually. But anyway, he's got the digital camera. Today, I'm giving away, call me stupid, an Amazon Kindle Fire HD. Remember, it's not just an e-book. It's a tablet, a fully functioning tablet. You can browse the web, interact on social networks, download music and films and much more. And you could get your hands on it by seven o'clock this morning. That's right, one lucky listener will win the Kindle Fire HD today just by answering this question correctly. In which UK city would you find the Albert Dock? In which UK city would you find the Albert Dock? Text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. Say you're OK for time. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So well done, Doug from uh, Loughton for the other day. Very nice indeed. When did we do the digital camera? Was that, was that Friday we did the digital camera? I'm losing track of what we're giving away now. Did we do the digital camera Friday? Like I now can't remember. I thought it was a tablet, but anyway, Doug has got the... So that was on Friday. We'll have to check back on our things. Whatever it is, Doug, you won. OK. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to go back on that one and find out. It was sent yesterday. It might not have been. But whatever it is, you, you've won it and it's all very nice. Uh, 84850, steve uk. The Nolan family. Uh, internet trolls have claimed that Bernie had died. She's not well. There's no. I'm not going to beat around the bush with you and tell you that there's a happy ending here. There isn't a happy ending. And, um, and they've said that they've reunited... Well, I mean, you can imagine the nastiness that goes on within the Nolans. There's always going to be. I'm more famous than you. You're more famous than me. I'm this and all that. I used to hate watching Colleen Nolan on Loose Women because she was a bit Denise Welsh. She was pushy, aggressive. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. But anyway, so now they've, uh, they've all reunited. Because let me tell you, you know, whether you're in a big family or a little family, that we're only on this earth for a short period of time. And when you leave it, that's it. There's no coming back. There's no popping back in and having a little chat or talking to barking mad Derek Acora. You know, that doesn't happen, I'm afraid. That's just pretend on television. OK, so uh, so my advice to all these people who fall out with people is to get yourself back on course as quick as possible because life is just a wee bit short. Paul Gascoigne, Paul Gaza Gascoigne, has been given the chance of a job back in football. So that was good news, isn't it? Bosses at his beloved Newcastle United are considering offering their former player a coaching role if he can stay on the wagon. OK. Gaz's family and friends believe it will be the best possible motivation. A club insider said he will always be a legend at this club. 
Really? Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Supposed to just that sad old drunk Gaza. A shame. Although, strange enough, I mean, this week he told this morning, uh, because, you know, he just revels in the publicity. He just revels in publicity. You'd think to yourself, listen, I really want to make a concerted effort, and way I am going to do it by myself. You know, as opposed to going on the television and boring the pants off everybody. And, um... And he heard the medical staff at the clinic in Tucson saying, I don't think this guy's going to make it. And I went, rubbish. There's no way that they say that around somebody who's compass mentis. They don't go, oh, this one's not going to make it. Shove them in a side ward. They don't say that, I'm afraid. But there again, you know, unless they'd actually wanted to really check the story out and phone up Tucson to say, did somebody say, he heard them saying this. And they, I bet you anything they would say, nobody ever says that. This is a clinic. This is a serious clinic. It's not some joke, you know, to be exploited by some bloke on the television. A spokesman for Newcastle United said, at this stage it's a theory and hasn't yet been formally discussed. So it's, it's, another, it's another load of old hooey, isn't it, really? It's a load of old hooey, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody's going to believe it. In the uh, papers... Oh, God, I'll tell you what's got from bad to worse. Bedtime Live, I'm afraid, with Jake Humphrey, the worst presenter on the television. I mean, he's, he's everywhere. Bedtime Live is... Well, it's, it's a, they're, they're trying to get kids to go to sleep early. It's the biggest pile of rubbish you've ever seen. Proven by week one, 1.3 million. Week two, 700,000. Bedtime, dead, ladies and gentlemen. It's Jake Humphrey. And uh, the question is, what would you like, he says, to get out of tonight's show? I'd like to get out of watching it. It was rubbish. Take yourself off with it. Listen, motor racing stretched you. Quiz show host, you ain't. I'm afraid, bedtime live. Another pile of rubbish, I'm afraid, on the television. Really, really not good. And we've all agreed that the voice is pretty dreary, apart from the chair-spinning bit. So what they've done is they've made it entirely predictable. So spinning has now been banned by Planet BBC space alien executives. The chairs turn or swivel. They do not spin. The massive problem with last night's ludicrously long first instalment, oh, for a few ad breaks, was that the compelling tension of the will-they-want-them round was destroyed by a million sob stories. It's the same old rubbish from Reggie Yates, I mean, a man whose career peaked about five years ago, I'm afraid. And um, he works... There's one here. Um, this is uh, the Beeb's shiny new Salford H. Librarian sound-alike Reggie Yates simpered. Here's all you need to know about this man. He works with special-needs children. And what a coincidence... Here's a film that we made early. And that's it's the same dreary old tosh you got first time round, but as the BBC have spent all of your money, 22 million quids, 22 million quid has been spent of your money on the biggest pile of garbage you've ever seen on the television. I mean, Tom Jones, I mean, he's embalmed, isn't he? Will I am. Hello, mate, are you any taller? No. The bloke from the script, who? And then there's Jessie J. You could tell how long ago it was filmed. Because she'd shaved her head. And here she is with hair. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The biggest waste of space on the television is the voice. And, um... <laughs> what do you call a woman who earns her living having sex with men? That's a very serious question. You call her... A prostitute, the producer got that one right. Unless, of course, you're in San Francisco, where this is a sex surrogate. A sex surrogate. It's a prosy, it's a brass, it's whatever you want to call her. And more barrel scraping from Channel 4's sewers as the inaccurately named 40-year-old virgin, who turned out not to be a virgin at all. He turned out to be a liar, I'm afraid. He's an actor. But uh, anyway, so here is this uh, old brass having sex with somebody. I mean, why do people take part in these grubby little programmes? It's as sad as watching, 
embarrassing bodies and a couple of disgusting so-called doctors on there just to get people showing their body parts to you. People who are so egotistical, it really is. The One Show, you know what we think of The One Show, and the human equivalent of beige, Matt Baker, sighing, I wish I'd concentrated on languages at school, I really do. I shouted, especially English. Because unfortunately, poor old Matt Baker, who is so beige, it's embarrassing, is the dullest man on television. He's making Adrian Childs look animated at the moment. Um, Arge vowing in five years' time on The Only Way is Essex. I hope to be in the West End starring in one of the biggest shows going. You will be, dear. You'll be going, ice cream, popcorn, water, tear your tickets. That'll be Arge, I'm afraid. The uh, the human boredom. I mean, God, if, if Matt Baker is beige, that makes sort of Arge pff, something that's risen from the cemetery, I suppose. He's so boring. He's so dumb. He's so stupid. And then, of course, there was a fight on the pitch the other day. They had a little game of footy, or as I prefer to call it, handbags at dawn. And so they all out there. I mean, you can tell how bad it was because the umpire was the ugliest gay in the village. I mean, playing football. Hello? Hello? I ask you. What he knows about the offside rule, he could probably write on a, on a pack of cards. Uh, and at the time coming up to two minutes to five, jailed Vicky Price. Correct me if, if you think I'm wrong on this one, but she's having fun playing bingo in a cushy jail. OK. So she's in there. She's being taught how to play bingo by other prisoners. How to play bingo? I mean, how stupid is this woman? I mean, I mean... I'm assuming she is an intelligent adult. Well, actually, she's not. She committed perjury and she's spending time in prison because she's a compulsive liar. But she's never played bingo. OK, give you a clue, Vicky, if you're listening, love. OK, you've got a thing which has got numbers on. OK, it might be three, seven, eight, or your age, or something like that. And then somebody goes three and one, 31. If you've got it, you cross it off. And then when you get a line, you shout bingo. Or in your case, perjury. OK, that would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? You compulsive liar. So here she is. Apparently, she had no idea on the basics of playing bingo. And uh, telling lies, though, she's very adept. Must be something the children are so proud of, isn't it? That's our mother, the prisoner. How lovely. Other stories from the papers. We haven't even got round to actually doing, um, doing today's papers. And I'll try and find out where the April Fools are, because to be honest with you, you might better find them quicker than I am. But uh, unfortunately, this week, you're going to be suffering in the sun because you've got uh, fantastic... Katie Price's dreary wedding again. That's all she knows how to make money. It's just get married to some poor lame bloke who strips and might do a bit of building. I don't call somebody who can build a wall being a builder, but there you go. And then at the end, the poor old bag sang. I mean, enough really to make Peter Andre fans stick their fingers in their ears. But uh, this is the the fourth wedding. So, uh, as I say, I'm predicting this one finished by Christmas because there is some advice for the, uh, the husband-to-be, whose suit doesn't quite fit him. But there again, that's builder-strippers, dear. They're not actually made for clothes, are they? They're meant for taking clothes off. And he said, the last time he had a crowd this big, he said, I'm taking my clothes off. Oh, dear. And that was apparently a very funny line at Katie Price's well-known chav wedding. I mean, when you think that the, the guests were, I'm afraid, uh, Rylan... I'm in a real boon at any wedding, so that means at least you can increase the matron of honour stakes. And so he was there. Well-known racist Danielle Lloyd and Michelle Heaton will turn up for the opening of a fridge door, I'm afraid. What a drip. And no mention. I saw there must be some pictures of a makeup artist. He generally isn't very busy at this time of year, so no doubt he pitched up with his girlfriend, boyfriend, somebody. It's coming up to the news at five. It's LBC 97.3. Morning, bank holiday Monday. Whoopee!
Whoopee. Actually, uh, read the voice. The black guy who Will I Am picked, Steve, says Neil is also a professional singer who's been in The Lion King. I mean, it's just such a fraudulent programme. I thought these programmes were supposed to be discovering talent, not people who are working professionally in the business. So the blind girl, who stupidly I mentioned last week, and going, oh, isn't that great? They found somebody with a story. I said, all she needs is a dead grandmother and we're there. But no, it turns out she's a huge star in Ireland already. Why don't they say to you when they come on, this person is already working, she's sold tons of albums, and she's a professional singer? Because if you're putting professional singers on there up against people who aren't professional, it's fraud. Absolute fraud. But for Will I Am to sit there, so his little feet can't touch the ground because he's such a midget, Tom Jones. I mean, do they tell the judges that these people are, are singing already? Neil says, I still can't believe we got you. I'm still chuckling. Because they said they were all outside the window and I went and had a look. You know why? Because I believe people. When people tell me something, I believe them. I don't know why. Anyway, Katie's father, well, actually, it's her stepfather. She's got a real father who pitched up at the wedding, who's the birth father. And then she's got the stepfather as well. So nice, all of this Chav family come together. And uh, all of her friends, because they had people from The Only Way is Essex. Well, they had Lauren Goodyear, so they've got a foul-mouthed old fishwife out there who isn't working at the moment. Ard should be kicked off The Only Way is Essex. He wasn't at the wedding. Uh, Ryland was an embarrassment to gay people everywhere, I'm afraid. But here is the advice. See the flaws. See the flaws. This is the advice... From Katie Price's stepfather, Paul, not the most intelligent knife in the box, I'm afraid, to Kieran. Kieran's the builder and stripper, okay, who's never worked in front of a bigger crowd than there was at the wedding. I'm surprised you didn't go into your routine, Poppet. Make it marginally more interesting than the dull wedding we all had to experience. Anyway, here is the father's advice to the groom, the stepfather. Always put the children first, otherwise you will lose her. Okay, well, nobody's ever made that mistake before. In fact, really, it's just the poor children, isn't it? Here is somebody at the moment, you know, it's like, um, this was Alex, and we don't see Alex anymore. No, because your mother's bedroom door's got a revolve on it. And so they see all these people. Here is Peter Andre, we go and see, and he puts us on the television. Mummy doesn't put us on the television. But we will be in these photos. Always work or you will lose her respect. He's a builder stripper. I shouldn't imagine he's hardly working at all. Hardly working at all. You know, all the builders are Polish. And uh, as for strippers, I mean, pfft, he's not going to go out there, is he, and start stripping? Do you think she's going to say, I'm going to let my man go out there and carry on stripping? You're joking, aren't you? Either the stepfather's a bit simple, or he hasn't quite worked out what the link is between all of her dead-end marriages. The last one is, most, most importantly, don't always let Katie get her own way. Well, this marriage is doomed! Doomed, because that's the one thing she does. She rides roughshod. She said on the programme, I do it my way. You know, she talks about the pricey way. She never talks about, you know, me and my husband. She talks about her. She's so self-obsessed that anybody... It would be easier if she paid for escorts. It would save a lot of time and trouble. You know, once a tramp, always a tramp. You know, he will marry her. And they've got married now. This is the fourth ceremony. And, and the stepfather says, don't always let her get her own way. She always gets her own way. And the answer is that she's so ignorant that she goes, I'm the bread earner in this house. You're living in my house. What he should do if he's any sort of a man, but he's only 24, so he's a child, really. She won't let him strip. I can almost guarantee what wife would want their husband going out stripping to embarrass her. To embarrass her, the moment he starts getting famous, like Leandro, she turns vile. It happens every... Si There's not been one that she's not turned nasty over. Peter Andre, she tried to take to court. She's horrible. 
Don't ever be fooled by the pricey. For, unfortunately, the only good pricey thing is if the price is pricey right. That's all she's doing it for. She's doing it for money. She is the most miserable person under the sun. She is a nasty, nasty piece of work. You've seen the evidence. Ask Peter Andre what she's like. Ask Alex Reed. Ask Leandro Penner. Leandro Penner said she's not right in the head. And unfortunately for poor little Kieran, sucker, sucker. I'm telling you now, mate. If it goes till Christmas, it'll be a blooming miracle. I've just predicted the end in sight, I'm afraid. So uh, don't don't take any advice from her stepdad, Paul. You know, as soon as she tires with you, we'll know about it. Oh, yes. She'll be seen out without the wedding ring. She'll be seen out by herself. She'll be seen out doing her own thing. She'll be seen in a nightclub. There'll be something. I'll spot the cracks and I'll tell you, love, because you'll probably be the last one and then she'll turn nasty. You know, whereas really what you should do is, why are you moving into her house? Has she changed the bed or is this the same bed that everybody else has been in? I mean, would that not be... The first thing you would do, get the bed out. I don't want the same bed that Peter Andre's been in, Alex Reed's been in, Leandro. Get it out. But, of course, he'll have to sort of toe the line because she's so much older. So much older. But anyway, I'm sure we all wish them the very best, don't we? And we've been bored senseless with the pictures in the sun this week. So I'm not even sure if it's an OK thing. But we will be seeing the pictures and then you'll be able to see... What it, put it this way, if the only thing they can do is come up with Michelle Heaton you know, as a, as, a, as a guest at a wedding, a more low-rent person would be hard pushed to find. Did you see her on the reunion? I can't even repeat what she said on the, on the reunion. She's so cheap and tacky. Danielle Lloyd, that well-known racist to abuse Shilpa Shetty. We've not forgotten Danielle. We don't forget that easily, love. We really don't. And Rylan Clark. <sighs> God help us. And Lauren Goodger. God, it plums some depths, doesn't it? Anyway, it was the Canon camera on Friday which Doug Adams from Loughton won in the gadget competition. Well done. Well done. That was very good. Uh, today, I'm giving away an Amazon Kindle Fire HD. This is uh, not just an e-book. It's a fully functioning tablet. Which means you can browse. So it's a bit like... Um, it's a bit like the, uh, the, uh, the iPad, isn't it? The mini iPad. It's like that. So you can browse the web, interact on social networks, download music and films, and much more. And you can get your hands on it at 7 o'clock this morning. So one lucky listener will win the Kindle Fire HD today by answering this question correctly. In which UK city would you find the Albert Dock? In which UK city would you find the Albert Dock? Text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. The text will cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions available online at lbc.co.uk. I am equally perturbed at the policewoman who goes out... I have to be honest, if you saw a picture of the policewoman who goes out, one of the papers have said today... She's hardly an advert for the police force. She's overweight. She's quite clearly let herself go. And she goes out to investigate an alarm at a petrol station late one night last August. She tripped over a paving stone. And uh, so anyway, seven months on... This is seven months ago, OK? Last August. So she goes out. There, it's a 999 call. She goes out. She trips over a paving He helps her up. She trips over, and anyway, the next thing is she sends him a writ for damages. She's suing for £50,000. It makes me physically sick. 
Where is this stupid woman's torch? Does she not issued with a torch? Is she not issued with a torch? Anyway, the mum of two accused him of not having enough lighting, failing to point out the six-inch high curb, and not displaying a hazard sign at the garage in Norfolk. How did this woman get into the police force? It's, a pr- it's got nothing to do with the police. This, this is a private prosecution she's taken out. I mean, you know, if she'd been carrying a standard-issue police torch, there would have been enough light. It's, 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 just, it's really peculiar. It is preposterous now to think... I mean, apparently, Norfolk MP Norman Lamb said PC Jones's claim, which is being funded by the Police Federation, had huge implications for 999 calls. If I was a police officer, I mean, don't go out to them then, love. She's suing for £50,000. I mean, uh, Robert Oxy of the Taxpayer Alliance fumed. It's utterly bonkers. When you call the old bill, you don't expect them to slap you with a compensation form. PC Jones was unavailable for comment yesterday at the Thetford home she shares with her husband, Simon. But we just can't wait for the money to roll in now. Why not make it a million, dear? I mean, I can't believe it. She falls over something... Why didn't she just sort of open her eyes? You know, why should you have to say, sorry, darling, you're a pl- pick one foot up in front of the other. Where's your torch? You're going into a slightly dark... Didn't have a hazard sign up. God, I tell you, she's going to be picked on back out on the streets. They've already put pictures of her in the papers, haven't they? Going, she's hardly a shining light in the police force. Look at the size of her, for God's sake. I mean, she didn't look as so if she could run very far anyway, so I'm assuming when she fell over, she went down like a sack of potatoes. Or well, in her case, about three sacks of potatoes. It's ridiculous, isn't it? We've gone compensation mad in this country. It's like somebody saying, I'm suing Steve Allen. I laughed so much when I was listening to the show, I burnt my washing. And I'm suing. I had that before. Somebody said that they were listening to the programme. This is donkeys, about... Th- well, anyway, a long time ago. And they, they said they were listening to the programme. They said, and they put the phone down and laughed and laughed and laughed over something. I can't remember what it was. Probably just one of my very funny lines. And, uh, and they burnt the, uh, the clothes. When they lifted the thing up, they had the shape of the iron on their husband's shirt. She said, and I laughed even more. I thought, nowadays, people are going, right, I want compensation for that. This show is too funny. It's way too... Oh, you did remember to put the clocks back. If you didn't, this is only now coming up to quarter past four. OK, but otherwise you lost the hour. You've lost the hour. Horrible, wasn't it? God, I felt like I was dreadful. I felt, I felt really deprived. Losing an hour out of my life. Oh, it was absolutely awful. I was very, very depressed about it. Uh, I'm equally depressed about boring, attention-seeking Catherine Tildesley, who's in Coronation Street. She's not much cop, I have to tell you. I watched the omnibus the other day, and in fact, it took me such a long time on Saturday, I didn't even get in the shower till after it finished, and it was the court case of Tyrone. Uh, where you get Tyrone in the dock, who was very, very good. Very, very good. The girlfriend, who was very, very good. Catherine Tildesley, who was dreadfully average, I'm afraid. And a few other characters in Coronation Street, whose acting ability is woefully lame. Really, the scripting was atrocious. It was absolutely awful. So Catherine has tweeted a picture, posing in a skin-tight vest, show her ex-husband what he's missing. He knows what he's missing, love. He dumped you. That's why. I love that we said she's posed this so he knows what he's missing. He knows what she... In fact, didn't she get rid of him? So why would she bother posing it, posting this picture? In other words, she's a show-off. 17 minutes past five. Was Frankie Boyle at Katie Price's wedding, says Tom in Swansea? It's very bitter. I'd have loved to see Frankie Boyle there. All right, Pricey. Hello. 
<laughs> I'd love to have seen it. I don't know what accent that was. I've got no idea, actually. Uh, one here says, The voice is a bore and a con and utter waste of time. Part of that's OK. Uh, did you see the tribute to the late Richard Briars? Yes. And um, what was missing from it? What was missing from the tribute to Richard Briars? Felicity Kendall. There was no Felicity Kendall. No Felicity Kendall. And you're thinking to yourself, same as I am. I th- she just says, I didn't think she wanted to do interviews at one time. I'm pretty certain she she said no to interviews. But anyway, you'd have thought, I mean, he was really nice and he was quite old when he recorded this. No Paul Eddington, because he died a while before. Margot was there. We loved Margot. And also it had the interview with the people who owned the houses where they were filmed. And that I liked. So I thought that was good. But no, conspicuous by her absence. She really was. So did they not get on? He appeared to get on with everybody. It's like, you know, Richard Griffiths. Everybody said nice things about him. Everybody was saying nice things because he was a nice man. He was just nice. When I interviewed him, he was just a nice man. And I came out and I said to the producer, what a nice... You know, it sounds trite now, I'm afraid. But uh, it, was, it, was, it was just great. I don't like to hear of losing people at all, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, the Nolan sisters were always naff and none more so than Colleen. Oh, dear... It's like every time you open up the papers, you know who is going to be the next person they're going to write about from Coronation Street. Because now we've, we've got rid of dreary Helen Flanagan, a woman who's not quite there in the upstairs department. So now they've got this, this uh, Catherine Tildesley, who's as boring as they come, and yet we have to know about her. Really, really awful. Um, and apparently TV Sam and Joey have got themselves engaged. Josephine Essex and uh, Sam for ears have decided to get engaged. And uh, apparently they were last seen at the end of last night's episode, heading for Heathrow. How boring. And isn't it awful? Don't you feel awful for him? Don't, I mean, the reason I feel awful, that King Jong Jun's hairstyle has been copied by Joey Essex. Now, the very idea that Joey Essex could ever be butch, of course, is fairly laughable. We realise that. You know, he is the campus thing in the programme next to the only ugly gay in the village, Bobby. You know, in fact, they could be bookends. But he's got the same haircut, Joey Essex, as Kim Jong Jun. This is the little ugly despot. Very gay-looking, I thought. And uh, this is the man who reckons he's going to blow up America. What's the matter with these people? Are they completely barking mad? You know, the country is dying on its proverbial. They've got no food. Nobody's got everything. They have to... You know, if, if you don't... When he turns up, run and shout and wail and gnash your teeth. Charles, he'd be taken out and shot. So, anyway, the very idea that... That Joey Essex right, was so overcome with nerves. It's not going to last, is it? It's going to last five seconds, I'm afraid. And then... As if it couldn't have got any worse. A story of two people who aren't with us, three people who aren't with us anymore, has been resurrected in a book. Princess Diana was delighted when she was served in a gay bar without being recognised. Princess Diana, OK, how far back are we going here? She bought a wine and a beer whilst wearing a camouflage army jacket, black leather cap and aviator sunglasses. Cleo Rockus, who starred in the Kenny Everett television show about 500 years ago apparently said, when we walked in, and so what she's done is, I mean, Princess Diana died in 97, um, Freddie Mercury died in 1991, and Freddie uh, uh, Everett, uh, Kenny Everett, died in 95. And so Cleo Rockus has written about this in a book. The world's biggest fag hag writes about two people who are dead with another person who's dead going into a gay bar. My God, she's milked this one for about all you can go, isn't it? Leave it alone, Cleo, for God's sake. What is the matter with you? Can't believe it. I mean, we don't want to know things like that. I couldn't... They're all dead. 
I mean, is that the only thing you've got to cling on to in life, to talk about people who died donkeys years ago? God, blimey, I'm really shocked. If not a little bit disappointed, I'm afraid. Um, also, the paper today... Uh, trying to find something interesting. Oh, the, the Oxford and Cambridge boat race and the cock swearing. He was an American of limited intelligence. And um, to be honest with you, I don't think you need to listen to this kind of language. The man should be censored. Last year we had some buffoon who threw himself in the Thames. And, uh, and this time round, you actually get uh, the bad language from Oscar Zarilla, a low-rent sort of person, rather stupid and naive. Mind you, not half as bad, was it? Well, I did laugh. I shouldn't have laughed. But two people were robbing a jewellery shop. Was it in Oxford or somewhere? I can't remember wherever it was. Anyway... They, they started to rob the jewellery shop. The public, God bless you, decided to intervene. So they jumped on this bloke who probably had a heart attack. Anyway, he's dead. The other one ran off and caught the bus. Won't be long before he's caught. And, um, and so I, was, I remember thinking, it's kind of poetic justice, isn't it? You know, you go out there to rob somebody. We saw that Romanian gang the other day jailed for 92 years. I couldn't have been happier. Couldn't have been happier. You know, they, they, they think they, they fly into the country, they rob, they go in and smash people's livelihoods up with sledgehammers. They couldn't care less if people die in the, in the process. So quite rightly, off to prison and stay there. This bloke saved us the problem of looking after him in prison. He had a heart attack. And then you sort of think to yourself, well, you shouldn't have gone out on the rob, should you? That's kind of your, uh, that's your problem, isn't it? Really. Uh, 84850, uk. Um, another one here. One trying to find something that's of any... It's really dreary in the papers. I'm ever so sorry. I can't find, though, uh, the um, the April Fool jokes in the papers. If you find them, do let me know, please. I'm sure somebody will pop them in there. Joan Rivers has taken a swipe at superstar Adele over her curves. They're not curves, she's fat. Well, why do people sort of pussyfoot around the bush here? The veteran comics marked a backlash by branding the Skyfall singer chubby. Well, she is chubby. What's the matter with that? Nothing about being chubby. US chat show host Joan, 79, said she's a chubby lady who's very, very rich and she should calm down and lose weight. This is Joan Rivers. I can't move her face. She's uh, a surgery. I quite like her, though. She's ever so rude. Ever so rude. Uh, a picture of uh, the Queen, joined by Princess Beatrice and Eugenie. Poor old uh, Beatrice. I mean, she can't dress for toffee, can she? Everything she puts on, it just looks like a sack of potatoes. It's not her fault. And they were on their way to St George's Chapel at Windsor. Prince Philip there, he clings on in, doesn't he? He clings on in, Prince Philip. You've got to, you've got to admire the bloke, haven't you? But poor old Eugenie. He's going to be what? I, th- I think he'll live to be a great-grandfather. I think so, yeah. I mean, he shows no... S- I mean, how old is he now? 92, 91, 92? Unbelievable, isn't it? I like him. Uh, I've noticed, actually, for a couple of days now, we've had pictures of ageing Alex Gerrard out on the town... And uh, here she is. I don't know where you get these outfits from, love, but don't don't wear them, please. You look silly. <laughs> really, they don't. They they suit people who are models. Okay, it's not for you, love. Okay, chavs don't wear them. You know, it's like Colleen. Colleen, you know, wearing all her sort of chavvy outfit. They're, they're not for you, dear. They're not for you. And Alex Gerard, really, she was out in Southport, and um, glossy skin tight trousers. No, I think she's had some surgery. Her face looks a bit strange at the moment, but there you go. Uh, number one, Defull, that's Anton Deck. I can't watch the Morrison's advert. I'm never so sorry. It comes over as just bad. And here she is trying to reinvent herself. Peaches Geldof is looking more haggard by the day. She was out celebrating the 30th birthday of her sister, Fifi Trixabel. Oh, nice. Fifi Trixabel's 30. God. 
But uh, anyway, she, you know, she was never attractive. Peaches or Pixie were never attractive girls. In fact, it is a family of uglies. Let's face it. I mean, come on. Do me a favour. You know, even with makeup on, it looks ropey. But the best way. Justin Bieber. What did somebody say the other day about Justin Bieber? They said, if, if, or some agent said, if I'd been managing him, I'd have taken him into the woods, given him a good slap, and sent him on his way. He said, because at this rate, he's, he's not going to last five minutes. Oh, there was a lovely piece in the... Where did I read that? Where was the piece I read a minute ago? A lovely... Was it in... It might have been in the mirror. It was so lovely. Oh, the new series of The Voice have lost the weekend prime battle. Of course they did. Who's interested in The Voice? Bigger pile of rubbish. Oh, and... Oh, God. Sad news. Jennifer Metcalf. You know, Jennifer was publicly ditched at Christmas by Sylvain Longchamp-Bottom. Remember that one? Anyway, and then she went and droned on to anybody who'd listen. And uh, anyway, she's just... uh, She's split with her... With Greg Lake, she'd got back. Oh, that was such a shame. Never never one to find happiness. She's becoming a little bit like Katie Price, I'm afraid. But uh, he was on Geordie Shaw. And uh, she says, when, when, when she split with Sylvain Longchamp-Bottom, and uh, they, they were together. Of course, he's now with uh, the other girl, which is Samia Gardi. That'll last about five. You wait till the next series. It'll dump her for somebody else, and then we'll have her droning on in the paper. But anyway, uh, she and Greg were spotted romantically together, and uh, apparently she wasn't ready for another relationship. Oh, well, there you go. So here she is, Hollyoaks star Jennifer, 29, mental age 7, I'm afraid. A 29-year-old woman who cannot find a boyfriend or know how to cope with it. It's a bit like being Helen Flanagan. They're all quite needy, aren't they? Quite needy and, and desperately. Where was the picture I was looking at? Um... A picture earlier on today, and I've now lost the blooming thing. Where did I mention that picture of Ollie Murs? Ollie Murs was in one of the papers. There was more on... Oh, right. Freddie Mercury and uh, Princess Diana in in a gay bar. Cleo Rockus has decided to give you that fascinating piece of news, as if you're remotely interested. Um, And Ollie Murs is in the paper today. Apparently, at one of his concerts, uh, he was... He's getting very friendly with Niall Horan from One Direction, who, remember, we mentioned on the programme last week, because Niall's brother got married, and Niall sang at the wedding. <laughs> yeah, right. And anyway, um, and he went to an Ollie Murs concert, and uh, they'd become a little bit buddy-buddy, a bit like Harry Styles and that radio DJ. They're, they're sort of real, you know, that sort of bromance, and I think the same for Ollie Murs. Still desperate to see uh, Ollie Murs settle down with some good woman. He gets so many good women at the gigs... You know, you'd think he could take his pick. I mean, let's face it, Tom Jones has managed a career based on that. Um, what did I have the other day at London Zoo? Fish and chips. Why am I mentioning it? They don't tell you what fish it is. They don't tell you where it's come from. And in a zoo, I expect that. You know, I want to know. If I go to London Zoo and they're serving fish and chips, I want to know exactly where that fish has come from. I want to know if it's from sustainable stock... And I want to know, you know, it was good value. I quite liked it. Don't get me wrong. I I thought it was great. But I want to know what it is. Don't just put up fish and chips and think we're too stupid. I want to know. There's a whole list of things now which they say are everyday British genius. Some of which you'll be interested. Some of which you won't. You know, things like crumpets, custard, Cornish pasties, brown sauce, bottle of bitter. I know they've asked her. They must have gone on some council estate in Northamptonshire or something. Lyle's Golden Syrup, apparently, is something that we think... Do we? Kendall Mint Cake. Oh, dear. Orange Marmalade. Who has marmalade now? Does anybody have marmalade? I don't think so. Your nana has a lot, does she? Well, how old she? Got 84. Well, there you go. It's for old people, isn't it? There's one here. Stinking Bishop Cheese, Yorkshire Pudding, Barrister's Wig is some... What? 
Are they s- a barrister's wig? It's a wig they wear in court. What do you think it was? A cheese or something? God blimey. Uh, M&S underwear. Oh, absolutely. Tweed jackets. Uh, a bayonet light bulb. An angle point. The stuff they've got in it. They must have sat down with a bottle of whiskey and gone through all the things that they thought was a uniquely British. Comic seaside postcards. The Argos catalogue. The Argos catalogue. Mr Whippy. Remember Mr Whippy? Oh, I used to love that. That ice cream was lovely. And also, um, Royal Mail rubber bands. You know, when they, if, if you live in a flat, they post all your things through a door with rubber bands around it. They must get through millions every year. You can get rubber bands at year, but you get them free from the post office. It's like, it's like if you want blue tack for free, go to any phone box on the Edgware Road. There's apparently lots of girls advertising their services. And if you take the card off, there's blue tack on the back. And you can put your Christmas cards up with it. And also, I know it puts the girls out of business, but to be quite honest, they don't look anything like the pictures. A bit minging. All right? It's coming up to uh, 5.30. Morning! Bank holiday Monday. Bank holiday... We, when we were talking about Prince Philip being a... We did appreciate the fact that he is already a great-granddad because he's got Autumn Phillips and Peter Phillips uh, who've got two children. So we talk about Wills and Kates. Whatever it is, boy or girl. What do we reckon? Boy or girl? Did we, uh, we decided boy, didn't we? Oh, we think daughter. Oh, OK, daughter. Oh, right, OK. Which is good. Or what? God. Yes, the, yes, that's right. Came out with, with, the, with the teddy bear. Uh, how to be a snob? You want to be a snob? Come on, in London. Come on, hands up. Get a cleaner. Apparently, if you've got a cleaner, you're a snob. Uh, if you've got a personal trainer, you're a snob. If you get your grocery from Waitrose and Marks and Spencers, you're a snob. If you've got a 50-inch television screen, snob. Well, there's loads of them on council estates. God, that's what most people have got. If you've got a Rolex or a Tag watch, come on. No, I haven't. If you've got a nanny, a cleaner or a gardener. If you've got a luxury car with a personalised number plate. Ah, that's, that's the key to it. It's the personalised number plate you've got to have. So, all right there. Exotic holidays. And if you live in a home worth more than half a million pounds with electric gates, that means you're a snob. I thought you were just protecting yourself from the local people who thieve. I don't actually see that as, as being snobby at all, I'm afraid. Um, try to find something in the paper today to make you smile and we're hard pushed I'm afraid to find anything that makes you smile at all and I certainly can't find anything that is to do with unless the, the police woman suing I mean do you think she's the April fool for today I don't know I'm not too sure about that uh, Helen Worth has decided to stay with Coronation Street. Apparently, the bosses have breathed a sigh of relief. I don't know what they're particularly worried about. Can't see her going anywhere anytime soon, I'm afraid. And um, there's one here. One here. Oh, that's right. Harry Styles, they say, is hinting of a, of a solo career. But I thought we knew about that. We knew that he was going to record. And uh, fuming One Direction fans have lashed out at him. Well, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? I mean, to be honest with you, Niall just kicks a football around, and that's about it. But he was enjoying a break, Harry Styles. I mean, let's face it, he gets the most publicity out of the group. So why shouldn't he? I mean, there's Harry Styles, and then there's nobody else. Niall Horan, and that's it. There's Liam. Which one's Liam? I don't know which one he is. Nobody knows who he is. Zane is the one who's going out with Little Minx, is uh, one of the singers from there. Who? But then he cheated, apparently, with somebody else. Is there anybody else in One Direction we should be aware of? Oh, there's somebody else, we don't know who they are. So there you go. So their, their, their career's finished straight away. Straight away. Uh, 84850. Uh, I got confused. You said you can't find the April Fool joke, Steve. But when you mentioned about the Katie Price wedding, I thought that was it. Yes. That policewoman, Steve, when on duty, wouldn't she be covered by personal accident insurance paid by the police and reported in the accident book? 
Well, you would have thought so. Quite clearly, she's seen another way of making money. I find it absolutely disgraceful, really. Uh, Clocks forward, not back, says Christine. We didn't say they went back. We did say they went forward. But I said, but the time would be... You know, if you didn't put your clock forward, you're now looking at 25 to 5. So, because they went forward. I've got 14 clocks to do in my place. 14 clocks. Takes forever. Uh, It's about time that they axe Mad Mary from the street, says Malcolm. Oh, she's a dreadful actress. And who is? Kirk is going out with a Wendy Peters lookalike in it. I thought he was going out with his mother until they kissed and I was nearly ill. So you've got Kirk, who looks about 15, and then in, over in Emmerdale, you've got the young, very, very young girl, who's quite clearly not the best actress in her, going out with some bloke who looks old enough to be her father. I wasn't sure. I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> and again. Oh, there you go. That's two. That's a good start. Um... Steve, I was in Tesco the other day. I couldn't believe it. Joey Essex has got his own line in hair products. Well, they've got to capitalise on something, haven't they? I don't know what sort of people would buy that kind of stuff. I really don't know. She couldn't see the curbstone, Steve, because her gut obstructed her view of the ground. Well, I mean, if there's a... You, I mean, perhaps we should all try... I mean, I fell up the stairs here the other way. You don't need to see it. She just fell over it. But also, you're right. She would be covered while she's on duty. I would have thought by any thought of insurance taking out a private thing, and the Police Federation are funding it. God in heaven. I'm surprised that police officers can actually go out by themselves nowadays. Perhaps they need somebody to hold their hands. Paul says, see you at the next one. Those were the shouts from guests leaving the pricey fiasco at the weekend. He said, don't get me started on the policewoman or the voice. I know, I mean, it's, it's, the voice is just a disaster, I'm afraid. It's, it's absolutely awful. And the, uh, the police officer, you're not a big fan, are you? Very interesting, very interesting. Uh, 84850. Steve, read the female police officer. What a relief that the brave women spies who parachuted into France in World War II uh, did not share the same attitude, says Brian. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, but, but as I said, I've said ages and ages ago on the programme, bunch of mamby-pambies now. We can't go out without somebody holding our hand. I'm surprised we can actually cross the road. Ridiculous. Bit of a punch-up. Uh, Ricky Raymond and Danny Wallace. I don't know who Danny Wallace is, I'm afraid. I've got no idea. Is that is that the, the camp brother of... Who's Danny Wallace? Who is he? Do I, do I don't know who this one is. Uh, sorry, not Danny Wallace. Danny Wallier. This is... This is... Danny Wallace is in our building. This is... This is Danny Wallier. This is... Um, his sister is in the series. She's the old tart... Who's a page three type girl, but with a foul mouth on her, and he's a bit—he's a bit camp, isn't he? It's Christmas, Danny Wallier. But apparently, he had a bit of a bunch up with Ricky Raymond. There was a football match. Frankie Essex was quick to stick her nose in, as indeed she would. It's that large, and uh, so she was there. And Ricky Raymond is the one going out with that old woman, Jessica, Jessica Wright, and she's talking about settling down and having children. And he's looking at her, thinking, "You're having a laugh, aren't you?" I mean, she's quite clearly a bit desperate. And, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, when you look like her, I should imagine desperate would be the uh, the right kind of way forward, I'm afraid. Little bit of a worry. Little bit of a worry. But then the very idea that Danny Wallier, 19, was going to have a punch-up with Ricky Raymond at this football match. I mean, there's nothing more annoying than a, the only way is Essex plonker and Danny Wallier is the ace plonker. Camp as a row of Christmas trees with a sister who's so foul-mouthed I couldn't believe I was hearing language like that from a woman. I, I really, really couldn't believe it. Not very good at all. Um, God, what is it that I can't see? Apparently skipping a good fry-up breakfast could cause a road accident. Oh, I knew I was going to mention. 
I knew I was going to mention to you. What was the food they had at the old pricey wedding? Sausages and mashed potato and onion gravy. Class act. Class act. And she had stuff for the kids there and she had about 1,500 bridesmaids. And, uh, and the rest, as I say, you'll be suffering in the paper all this week. Which is, uh, which is a bit of a shame, because it was just another fake wedding for us to get used to, I suppose. Uh, don't forget the gadget competition. 20 to 6, we have a gadget competition this morning for you. It's your chance to win a tablet. A tablet, the Amazon Kindle Fire HD. Good. Neil says, how can you say marmalade is for the old? Making your own is so enjoyable. At a recent competition, there were entries from around the world. Scary, scary. Very scary person here. So, making your own marmalade is so enjoyable. I just love making marmalade. Actually, a lot of people go out and buy Seville oranges, don't they, for making marmalade. But to be honest with you, it's cheaper to go and buy the blooming stuff. You know, we'll get, have some Seville marmalade. That'll be ill. Uh, sorry, that'll be it. But, I mean, I don't, we, actually, my friend had some marmalade the other day, but I, I couldn't eat marmalade. It's just sugar and oranges, isn't it? That's all it is. You've got to get a special thermometer. Oh, here's the picture of Niall Horan and Ollie Murs getting very close. And uh, the One Direction singer compared Pex with Ollie. Getting a bit scary now, I think. I don't really think, you know, chest hair. Yes, I mean, I suspect it is. At, uh, Niall gleefully tweeted after meeting they'd been matching chest hair. And then somebody says they'll be swapping jumpers next. What are they saying? What are they saying? They're trying to build up a relationship. Oh, Harry Styles does that, does he? Oh, anyway. Niall had, had, had a kickabout with pals at Pride Park. Uh, in to try to prove he, he does butch things. It's so nice, though, isn't it, to see Ollie Murs still single, and um, and, and getting together with um, with a boy band member, which is quite... Where was the res- obviously, obviously, One Direction don't socialise with each other, do they? They obviously go out and do things. Do you know, it's so funny, because years ago, you'd be saying, uh, you know, do you think Ollie Murs is gay? Or do you think Niall Horan is gay or something? And people be saying, can't say that. You go... Well, it's a perfectly normal question to ask nowadays. There's no shame in it or anything like that. If we've got gay footballers coming out, what difference would it make if you've got a pop singer who's gay? Although it took Johnny Mathis 95% of his career before he finally came out as gay. And then who did we have the other? Elton John. He was, he was around for ages. I quite like the documentary, though. On There have been a number of documentaries on David Bowie on the television. And they're really good, actually. But they do paint him as this off-in-the-clouds, you know, off-his-face kind of person who doesn't turn up for doing anything or... Or sort of getting involved with things. And I do worry about, you know, when you look at the size of him. You know, I mean, I, I know some fit people around here and they're all sort of, you know, normal size waists. But when you go to, if you're lucky enough to go to the V&A and you're lucky enough to buy a, a ticket for the exhibition you go in, you will look at his clothes in the exhibition and you will seriously think they're made for a child. They are just... The tiniest clothes I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never seen such tiny... His waist. I mean, I think I even tweeted. His waist must be about between 12 and 16 inches. Really, really small. I've got thighs bigger than that. It's just awful, isn't it? Please let me know if you found any um, any April Fools in the papers today. I'm not, I haven't had a chance to actually go on, unless the William Shakespeare, who was a tax dodger, is a, is a, a sort of an April Fool. Perhaps they haven't bothered with April Fools today. Perhaps they've decided the weather's too miserable out there and there's too many things here. There's also, um, oh dear, there's nothing really here. There's um, Botox bandits with no training banned in a new crackdown. I wasn't aware you could actually get Botox 
from, from somebody like that. And an illegal immigrant who was deported from Britain tricked his way back in and then claimed £100,000 in benefits. So he's been, uh, has he been sent to prison? I think so, actually. He was booted out in 2006. And he returned by using out, it's so easy, isn't it? So easy to come back, you leave the country, come back in again, and nobody really does anything. Uh, very scary, North Korean despot threatens the world. Here he is, ugly boy with the Joey Essex haircut. And how many members of the Korean People's Army? 9.5 million. How many soldiers in the army? Do it? The whole country appears to be in the army, don't they? And how many rifles? 200,000 Kalashnikovs. Either way, he's a child with the mentality of a child. And, uh, and those sort of people are fairly dangerous. So I don't know where it would end if it, if it uh, actually went, um, went any further. Try not to think about things like that at all. There's a, another story in the paper today. It's a sad story and it's a good story at the same time because it's a story of somebody who was abusing somebody's grave in a cemetery. The good news is they've managed to find the person. It'll turn out to be a drunk or somebody like that. Awful. And um, fate has ordained that the men who went to the moon to explore in peace will stay on the moon to rest in peace. Does that sound likely? I didn't think so either. But there is the heartwarming story of John Willis, who's beaten cancer three times in three years. What a clever man. Time now, quarter to six. LBC 97.3. Oh, dear. So everything's open today. We're all right in, in the shop front, aren't we? In, in the shop front, you can go out shopping. So here is this man, John Willis. He's amazed doctors. He's beaten cancer three times in three years. Now, I think that is a story to just gladden your heart with all the miserable stuff that's in the papers. You know, this is just wonderful. He survived the disease in... Uh, he's had testicular cancer, stomach and lymph glands. I mean, he is the luckiest man to be alive. The oncologist, Peter Simmons, at Southampton General, who treated him, said, it's highly unusual for somebody to be diagnosed with different cancer in such a short time. Isn't that lovely, though, that he survived? Don't you just feel that occasionally there is a God? Not, not all the time, I have to be honest with you. Sometimes you think, if there is a God, why has that happened? I mean, as in the story in the paper of uh, a widower who had to install a spy camera at his wife's grave after it was repeatedly vandalised. Ron Wilkes, who's 78, fitted the movement-activated camera after an attacker destroyed flowers, threw gravel over the grave and even glued a stone cross to the headstone. It filmed an elderly woman, apparently 79, appearing to attack the grave of Jill Wilkes and granddaughter Haley. Uh, Ron said the vandalism at the cemetery in Gloucester had been going on for more than a year. He said it was getting to the point where I'd lay flowers on a Monday and by Wednesday they were ripped up. Very, very upsetting. A woman will appear at the magistrate's court. I want a photograph of her in the paper. I want to know what this old bag looks like. This person who is so deluded. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not having any excuses from people now. I want to know who she is. I want her named and shamed. Going around destroying... Oh, dear, it's awful, isn't it? Just so, so dreadful. Anybody could ever do that to anybody at all. Uh, so, Bobby has teamed up with Gemma to become her salesman selling fake tan. This is on Towie from last night. So, gay Bobby who, frankly, is just... I mean, you wouldn't want to buy anything from him at all, I'm afraid. God knows he could never endorse anything. It would never happen at all. So he's teamed up with Fat Gemma, has he? Ah. On his first pitch, the customer asked how much it is. Well, it's eight ninety a bottle, so if you take 100 bottles, that's £89. Gemma stared at him, trying to work it out, when eventually she said, I think you got the math wrong. Did you go to the same school as Brain of Britain, Joey? He said, we're outside again, Steve. Bless you for looking. Hello, I'm waving. I'm taking all my clothes off in the window. That's me. Hello. 
No, just me again. So, oh, that's what it is, is it? So, eight ninety a bottle, so 100 bottles, £89. I'd have, I'd have given the cat, said, listen, I'll give you 90, and taken them, and got out the, out them as quick as possible. Gemma, who's, who's very stupid, uh, I'm afraid Bobby, stupid and unattractive. I mean, God knows, I mean, really, where do these people come from? Where do they find them? Under a stone most of the time. So thank you for that one, very much indeed. Um, up nice and early, this bank holiday, says Liz... As my son's on the six o'clock train up north. Can you advise me on sites he shouldn't miss? Don't go. Don't I mean, I'm serious, don't go. I said to somebody the other day, I had to go to Feltham, and so I said, don't, don't take the car. Don't take the car. I said, no, little Julie lives in Feltham. I'm all right. I had to go to the trading estate. You know, I've got, I ordered this stuff. I've ordered this thing. I, I'm so excited I want to tell you what it is, but I can't. Uh, well, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you in a moment. So I ordered this stuff from a magic site in China. Now... With UPS and FedEx and everything else, you order stuff from China now. Within a week and a half, it's here. And so I got the card through the door from UPS saying that they have this uh, parcel for me. I'm a bit excited. A bit excited. And uh, could I arrange collection? Because if, if they kept it till the 8th of this month, it was going to go back to China. I thought, oh, no, don't want that happening. So anyway, I, I checked on the website and it turned out they were closed. So I could collect it Tuesday, tomorrow. And... I thought, well, I'll tell you what I'll do on Saturday. I'll drive up there and just see if it's open. I drove up to UPS on the Feltham Trading Estate and blow me down. It was open. So I go in and there's a woman who obviously works for the rugby shop in Twickenham. She's quite posh. But then when she saw my car, her little eyes lit up. And uh, obviously thinking husband material, you know, a little bit for, a little bit scary. So anyway, so I go in there and I give the thing to the uh, the bloke. And he goes off and eventually after 10 minutes, he comes back with my parcel. So I was really pleased. So it didn't, it's fired me up. I go back onto the internet and I order something else from China. And it's something I've wanted for a long time. It's, it's really, really expensive. And it's a puppet that walks. OK, now I know this sounds a little bit... This is beginning to sound a little bit scary. Even I think it's a bit scary. It's a very old principle. They, they go back in China about two and a half thousand years when they used to have these things. And it looks like a little boy or it could be a little girl or something like that I don't know what I'm going to get it's like an adoption I think you're adopting like a cabbage patch child and this thing turns up and it's probably about two foot tall but you hold its hand and it walks it walks with you it's a bit scary and it will stand by itself well I can't wait to get it I cannot wait I've got a really good price on it really normally they sell for about a thousand dollars and it's it's fully dressed you know it's got clothes on and stuff like that but I can't wait to get it now. I'm so excited by this thing. I shouldn't really be. Because I've sort of bought it. I'm thinking, oh, what are you going to do with it? And I thought, you, can't, you can hardly walk in the studio holding its hand. Producers can think I've gone mental or something like that. So that's, that's not going to happen. So uh, on the six o'clock train up north, uh, Liz, don't let him go, OK? There's no point in going up there. They have nothing up north that we don't have down south. The only difference is it's cheaper up north than it is down south. I know a lot of you sort of saying that that's very, very naughty, Stephen, for you to, to tell us about up north. But, I mean, you know what it's like. You know what it's like up there. I, I can't change anything about it at all. Have you ever been to the Docklands? Um, yes, I have, actually. Yes, I have been to the, uh, to the Docklands. Um, um, it is the same Lawrence Buckman who used to be on the show Don't Ask Me in the 70s with Miriam Stoppard and Magnus Pike. Oh. oh, yes, Miriam Margulies is on uh, on a new interview tonight. She's being rude about Glenda Jackson, I believe. <laughs> Miriam Margulies, I have to tell you, 
can't remember if I've told you this one before, but she came into the LBC studios years and years ago, and we had a, the, the corridor outside so people could sit in the corridor waiting to come into the studio, and they could see you broadcasting, and there was a speaker out there. And Miriam, I had a guest in the studio, and we were chatting away about something, and Miriam Margley's pitched up, and she waved, and I went, hi, because I've, I've known her for quite a number of years. and uh, But not, you know, not on a sort of friendly, friendly, but I just know her because I'm in this business. And, uh, and the next thing, I'm, I look sideways to her, thinking she'll be sitting on the seat reading a book, and she presses her face up against the glass on her ample bosom and lifts her top up. At that moment, the guest in the studio happened to look sideways to be confronted by Miriam's rather big bosom on the window being pushed. She thought it was hilarious. She thought it was hilarious. My guest nearly passed out. I thought it was fairly funny. That's all I could tell you. I thought it was fairly funny. Uh, 84850. Will says... Oh, oh, blimey. Will says nothing. Wait a minute. I'll come back to you in a moment. Helen Flanagan, goddess, I would watch out for Korean secret services. Don't buy a takeaway, says you're a marked man. I could do a takeaway now, but I'm not doing takeaways. I bought something from a frozen food shop the other day. Which... Do you know, he can't make coffee for love nor money, can he? Done my best. A friend of mine who works in the building, when he comes down, he sort of, uh, he brings a cup of coffee. First first week, he brought down a cup of coffee made from the, one of those cafetier, cafet, um, caf, caf, cafetiers. And, uh, and it was awful. It was so dreadful. And so he's made me a cup of coffee now. I don't know. He just can't make coffee. There's some inability that some men have. To make coffee, I don't know. It's just a bit bitter. I think he's got too much coffee in here, and to compensate, he's put a load of milk in, which is fine. But it's just a bit too bitter for me. It's not. Oof, dear me. God, he doesn't cook. Anyway, the gadget competition. If you have just woken, no, I'm being, I'm being cruel. Actually, I, I love everybody. I love everybody today. You know why? Because I've got. Julian Clary to do tomorrow, which is quite nice. I'm looking forward to that. And I think I'm going to run. I'm, I'm going to make a conscious decision. I think I want to run Richard Griffiths again. I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm toying with it. I'm toying with it. I'm now not sure if I should or if I shouldn't. I don't, I'm, I'm really not sure. I can't work out. What, should I run this? Should I run Richard Griffiths again or not? Yeah, I don't... Oh, I don't know. The trouble is he was such a nice man... And it was, and it was, it would be done as a tribute to him. But then I think, well, he wouldn't be getting much out of it, would he, really? So I don't know. I'll think about it later. Anyway, we do have a gadget competition. Whoopie doo, whoopie doo. Um, and uh, this one here, because on Friday, Doug Adams from Loughton correctly identified that Joey is the name for a baby kangaroo. Got himself a fabulous digital camera. Uh, today it's an Amazon Kindle Fire HD. Not an e-book, not just an e-book. It's a fully functioning tablet which can be used for browsing the web, interacting on social networks, downloading music and films and much more. And you could get your hands on it at 7 o'clock this morning, which is when the competition finishes. Normally it finishes at 6.30, but today it's 7 o'clock. The question is, if you want to be in with a chance, ladies and gentlemen, of getting your hands on the Kindle Fire HD, which would be great for a train journey up north or anything like that, and uh, it could be your name we read out tomorrow on the programme. In which UK city would you find the Albert Dock? In which UK city would you find the Albert Dock? You text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. So, in which UK city would you find the Albert Dock? You text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. 
got to be here before 7 o'clock. Text will cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Actually, the pound fifty charge reminded me, a portion of chips at the zoo the other day was pound eighty-five for a portion of chips. And if you wanted curry sauce on them, I have to be honest, it's a bit delicious at times, that was an extra pound ninety-five. I mean, it's practically like six quid for some chips. It's absolutely outrageous. Apparently, Lakeland do marmalade ready to make in cans. The lemon one's nice. Uh, we're in the Premier in Leicester Square, says Joy and Alan. Are you? Where is the Premier in Leicester Square? Didn't know we had a... Pre- Where? Where's that one, Poppet? Don't just point at the wall behind you. I'm not psychic. Where is it? Oh, the north side of the square. Ooh, well, that's where they are. That's where Joy and Alan... Let's go round. Let's go round. Let's say, can we have breakfast? Can we have a lie down in your room? Mm. Yes, give me- I'll tell you what I want. I want two sausages and some... Some fried bread. Oh, I can eat some fried bread, but it's so bad for you. Ugh, the more I drink that coffee, the more disgusting it tastes. Uh, Steve, you should try onion marmalade. No sugar and delicious, says MB. Onion marmalade? That sounds good. What would you use that for? What would you, what would you put onion marmalade in? Is there something that you... Yeah. I'm surprised the catering at Jordan's wedding wasn't courtesy of KFC. Uh, well, as I say, I mean, no doubt she'll be selling the story of this. And then come Christmas, it'll be finished, and the children have to get used to another man, because all the X-Men she doesn't see, apart from Peter Andre, the rest of them, they don't see Alex Reed, as far as I know, he doesn't pop round there. You know, so they get introduced to the new person, and that's it for a short while. Actually, on the subject of KSC, they're going to open more than 40 restaurants across the UK and Ireland. OK? So they're going to create 1,600 jobs. Good Lord. Uh, the US-owned firm, it's a, um, a franchise, though, KFCs. I, c- I could buy it. Why? I've got no idea. I wouldn't want to buy a KFC franchise. Uh, but they're going to spend £40 million on a makeover of 100 ex- 160 existing eateries to create... Wait for this. This is KFC, OK? The clue is in the fried chicken bit. To create a more modern, welcoming environment for customers. Are you serious? Have you seen the size of some of the people in these shops? The only way you can make it more inviting is to make the chairs bigger. You know, so that, I mean, I don't want to see people... It's awful if they're sitting in the window and their bottom is hanging over either side of the chair. It's not a good advert for KFC. It really isn't. And uh, so they're now going to have 900. 900? Good Lord. They're also revealed they're trialling a click-and-collect iPhone app. Oh, God. I'm sorry, I don't see this as the way forward, I'm afraid. It's a subsidiary of Pizza Hut. Did you know that? Isn't it amazing? How many, it's like, do you know how many companies Estee Lauder own? Oh, I tell you, you'd be horrified if you discovered that uh, well down to Colonel Harlan Sanders in the 1950s who brought us that delicious food, Kentucky Fried Chicken, which is great, provided you don't eat the coating, but that's the bit that tastes the best, isn't it? That's the bit you like. But the clue is in the word fried. So little, OK, little please. Morning, four minutes past six. Actually, the, um, it was interesting. After Richard Griffiths died, they were taking clips. Lewis, one of our producers over the weekend, was taking clips because he's... I've just checked a tweet that he sent in saying, listening back to uh, the At Steve Allen show interview Richard Griffiths. So obviously, they were taking clips off it for the, uh, for the news bulletins. Oh, nice, isn't it? Anyway, don't want to ruin your day because it's uh, Monday... Please, it's going to be a nice day. Actually, yesterday turned out to be really, really nice. Jamie says, I can see you walking through Leicester Square with your Chinese walking puppet talking in Mandarin. <laughs> he said, this is where Uncle Steve worked. Talking always here. Just see it, can't you? You can just see it. I can't wait, actually. It could be a novelty. It could be a novelty. I don't think anybody else has got one, as far as I know. 
I've not seen anybody with one. I saw them years and years ago on an internet site, and I thought I'd love that, and I looked at the price, I thought, I can't afford that. I cannot afford that. But uh, this one I, I can afford, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Because, you know, I love anything Chinese. I'm crackers for it. I've got these beautiful cushions that I bought at the Ideal Home Show, which turn into mini duvets. <laughs> sad. I need to get a life, actually. I need to get out a little bit more. Be- but because today is, is a bank holiday, and traditionally today is the day everything is back open again, so you can get... But I'm assuming it's Sunday hours. I'm assuming they'll have Sunday hours today, but it's, I hope it's going to be nice. I really hope it's going to be really, really nice weather for you today, because it, we don't want any more miserable things... Uh, Malcolm says, why not ask your listeners to vote on the rerun of the Richard Griffiths interview? I'm sure it'd be a resounding yes. Actually, well, somebody said to me, if we were going to run it, then we really should have run it this weekend. Because if we run it next weekend, it's a bit late. You can download it on the website. Paul Paul told us when it was, and I shall tell you now. Wait a minute. And um, he, he told me exactly. So it was 3rd of June 2012, so it's still well on the system. But my, my advice is to, if you haven't downloaded the Richard Griffiths interview, download it because they're nice. And if whatever, actually, I would expect all of you to download everything. Because they're all good anyway. And of course, you know, if, if you pay £2.20 a month to download everything, it makes a difference if you download, listen to it and then, and then get rid of it. But you, at least you can keep it. Because believe it or not, there will be the day when there isn't another ink. I've had a dream about that ink conversation the other day. I had a dream. <laughs> Why? A very strange dream. But uh, down, download it because it, it's well worth getting. Well worth getting. So just go onto the uh, into the internet. If you haven't ever downloaded anything on LBC, there is a free podcast which we do normally during the week. There's not one today, and there wasn't one for Friday, was there? Uh, but it will be back on tomorrow. The free podcast, and then if you pay, that's free. But if you then go onto the LBC website, you can learn how to. Um, to download and you can get everything on LBC so you can download me James Max and uh, Ian Dale and everything just every single thing but uh, we are we are the most downloaded the reason that we are the most downloaded is because we're on at stupid o'clock and that's the reason so a lot of you I know wake up specifically the couple I bumped into in the car park are squires so they listen every morning she said you say what we think which is what everybody says to me they either say that or they say something else which I won't tell you about at the moment anyway so, other stories in the papers for today. Gordon Ramsay's Hotel GB is checking out the schedules. It wasn't very good, but there was a huge cast on it. Uh, the only way was punch-up time. This is Danny Wallier. Bit of a girl's blouse, I'm afraid. And uh, this was at Basildon Sporting Village. Didn't look like there were many people. It was meant to determine who was the King of Essex and was due to be screened. Lucy Mecklenburg was there, but she'll, she hasn't got a job, so she might as well go there. Uh, together with Jessica Wright. She was there. Again, she doesn't have a job, Jessica Wright, does she? As far as I know, in the only way is Essex. Does anybody actually have a job? We know that Joey Essex has got a little boutique, but frankly, it's about as big as a postage stamp. Uh, the business owners, are they business? Well, I don't think Jessica Wright's got anything, has she? She's getting a bit old now. Oh, she's a singer, but we've never actually seen her singing professionally. And so I don't really know what she does, but I don't know. She doesn't have a clothing range, does she? Does she have a makeup range? Polyfiller range? Brick kilns? Anything? I don't know. Can't think what they've put. J- Gemma's got clothes. Has she? Good God. Fat people clothes. That's not just fat people. That's tense. That is tense. Because the, the only thing I, I get annoyed about Gemma is she's like that, the world's fattest teenager, Georgina Davis, the one who's wasting your money and my money. And she is the one who really, she's eating still. Gemma has made no effort to lose weight at all. Uh, a lot of people calling for Arge now to be dropped from the series. He's not contributing anything to it. He doesn't actually do anything. 
And that's a bit of a shame. And there's some lovely bits in the in the Sunday papers. Oh, the photo of her working out in the park. What, Gemma? Well, of course. With, with, with the photographer, she was there. But the trouble is, if she really was serious about losing weight, then she would seriously be losing weight. And she's not losing it at all, I'm afraid. Uh, more on Katie Price's wedding. Only a little bit more, not too much. Carol Malone, telling it like it is. Georgina Davis, and uh, she's talked about Josie's boobs. This is the girl who thinks she's going to be the new Katie Price. The trouble is, if you're unattractive, somebody's got to tell you you're unattractive. I'm not here to sit down and say something. Oh, you're really gorgeous. You can be a page three girl. If you're really unattractive, you've got to say to them, you're an ugly. You, ugly. OK? Don't bother doing it. It's not fa- No, it's not fair. I've had people coming to my shows before now. Unattractive people. I don't point them out in the audience because they know who they are. You know if you're unattractive. You know, and Josie is unattractive. She couldn't make herself look attractive. You know, she's the sort of girl, she's never learned how to do her makeup properly. Because presumably she's got a fag in one hand and the smoke obscures her vision. So she's got... I saw a woman walking through Kingston the other day and she had a a line around her chin. She put this orange pancake on, but her neck was white. I thought, you've obviously learnt nothing. Really dreadful, actually. Um... So Georgina Davis, she talks about, and she says, how long should the state be expected to spend what limited resources it has on a girl who doesn't care enough about her own life to stop eating? Well, I said, let her eat herself to death. I couldn't care less. If that's what she chooses to do. We've spent £100,000 on on, uh, Georgina Davis, Georgia Davis. And to be honest with you, there's people who are more deserving within the NHS. People who are so much more deserving. You know, people who need the drugs. People who need... Proper help, not some stupid girl who's stuffing her face with biscuits and Kentucky Fried Chicken because she can't be bothered to actually lose the weight. She's obviously happy being that fat, but the next time she calls the uh, the uh, the medics at 999, I just ignore it. What's your name? Georgia Davis. OK, be with you shortly. Anyway, so I've got Mr Bun the Baker. Uh, you know, I mean, just don't bother with it. Uh, today's April Fool's Day. Do you remember some of the, They used to do some really good ones on the television. The television news used to excel itself on April Fool's Day. They had the... I think the Panorama one was Growing Spaghetti. Did you ever see that? Just me again. And, uh, and that's where they went out to Italy. And they had all these... It was like um, a grove... I think, but it was it was spaghetti all hanging off, and they were showing the women harvesting it and saying, this is women harvesting spaghetti, which was very good. Um... There was another one here, which was in 1992, which I thought, it was always the simplest ones that worked the best. This was somebody who fitted a huge sign on the roof of the stand at the Hollywood Park racetrack, which read, Welcome to Chicago. And that was all visible to passengers on flights coming to Los Angeles. It caused a great deal of alarm. They didn't know where they were. But my, the, the funniest story was, it just reminded me of that, an airport story of a lady who'd arrived from Italy. And she didn't speak a word of English, and she was being picked up by her stepson or cousin, whatever it was, she gets picked up by this family. And as she's going back over the bridge, she looks and she suddenly, she hasn't got the faintest idea who these people are. She doesn't know who they are. They've picked up the wrong woman. They were <laughs> picking up their elderly aunt from, from Italy coming in, who doesn't speak a word of English. And they've got this woman. She thought she was being kidnapped by this family. And everybody's, it's like in, I think, Only Fools and Horses. Rodney and Dell go to this woman's house and they think she's, she's their, their nan or something like that. They go, and halfway through, she's given them food. She's done a shepherd's pie. And they're eating apple crumble. They go, oh, this is really lovely, nan. And so she goes, can I ask you a question? And Del goes, what? He said, who are you? And he said, you know us, we're Joni's boys. She said, Joni who? 
And it turns out they're in the wrong house. Really embarrassing. They've eaten all this woman's food. It's hilarious. Uh, you remember in 2008, the BBC announced that the staff filming near the Antarctic for their natural history series, Miracles of Evolution, had witnessed penguins flying through the air. The BBC also offered film of penguins, which became one of the most viewed videos on the internet. A follow-up video later showed how the BBC created the special effects of flying penguins. Because you, it is because, they don't, because they're flightless birds, but they can launch themselves off cliffs. They're quite good at doing things. That, I quite like penguins. I was looking at the penguins in the zoo the other day. They're such show-offs. They're such show-offs. They're like radio presenters, you know, dive. I mean, I could have done it if I'd wanted to, dived into the water, dived up again. When you think, they, they don't get out of the water to go to the toilet. They just go to the toilet where they are, you know. So it's none too clean, but it's still good. Uh, I like the other one, the residents of Wellingborough in 1959. You can imagine what this was. In 1950, people thought differently. They woke up in Northamptonshire. Somebody had left a trail of white footprints painted all the way along the main street. When the footste- footsteps stopped, they found the words, I must fly. And that was it. Do you get that? So all the footprints, and then they just stop with, I must... Fl-. I have to explain it to her this morning. She's, she's on Weetabix. And uh, so I must fly, and then... No, just me again. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah, she got it now. OK. <laughs> I quite like the one from 1915. They go back ages, these ones. This is one in the middle of the First World War. A French aviator flew over a German military camp and dropped a huge bomb... The German soldiers scattered in all directions, but the bomb didn't go off. Very nervously, they tiptoed towards the bomb, which in fact was a large football with a note tied to it reading, April Fool. <laughs> I don't know why April Fool exists. Probably to wind you up, I should imagine, next door. I can't think of any other logical reason. I don't know why. It's, it's too... I don't know. I don't know the origins of April Fool. Well, to be honest with you, care precious little. Really not, but more interested in my walking puppet. That's the thing that exists, ladies and gentlemen. They're not April Fools. 84850stephenlbc.co.uk. Uh, I like the idea of onion marmalade. Don't send any in. I know people are very generous and send in. Apparently, in only the, um, in, um, the, uh, the good life, you know how it finished, the good life. They couldn't think of... They, they'd got to the end of the series, and they couldn't think of an ending that would really encapsulate it. And I'll tell you what they did after this. So they do this fabulous tribute programme to Richard Briers from The Good Life, and they were talking to... They talked to everybody, actually. Everybody except Felicity Kendall. You know, you'd have thought that they'd have all wanted to get involved. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. And they then realised that they, they've come to the end of the road. They don't want to sort of go on so it then looks tired or lame or anything like that. They want to finish it on a high, but they couldn't think of what to do. And because the audience came in, 300 of them, every Sunday night, and they did it in front of the audience... They knew that they would see the set that was the last piece that we saw, so they covered it. They put a huge curtain around it. And they'd been out. Next-door neighbours, Paul Eddington and his wife, uh, Margot, and uh, they'd been out. When they came back, they come in, they're all chatty way, and this was the thing which everybody, they were so shocked, because when they walked into Margot's sitting room, It had been trashed. They'd been burgled. And that was the last programme of the series. And they'd had graffiti sprayed all over the place. And uh, they said that some people in the audience were crying. Because 
they were the perfect families. They were the families that you that you wanted to be with because they, they'd made that effort to either be self-sufficient. Margot was sort of terribly, terribly middle class, appertaining to be upper class. And to see their house, the, the set that had been used all the years, trashed beyond belief. You know, settee was kicked over, glasses was everything. It was just... And they stood there and you could have heard a pin drop in the studio. You could have heard a pin drop. And they all stood there... And, and Margot said, why? Why would somebody do this? You know, and I thought, bring it up to date. And there are people who live with this every day, people who get burgled, because people have got more now. Every time I go out somewhere, you know, do you want this card? Do you want that card? This gets you this. No, I don't want it. If I want something, I'll save up for it and I'll buy it. But everybody's got stuff on the never-never now. And then they don't bother paying. And the rest of us pay for it. They don't, they don't realise that the rest of us are actually going to be paying for it. And so they, they then finished and they then went, listen... We've not been hurt. We will survive. And let's face it, this is the good life. And it finished on that. It finished on that, where, you know, you weren't sure if the goods were going to go back to, to proper work. Jerry was definitely going to be managing director. And it was the best time to finish. It's a great box set. It's, it's a great feeling, because after that, there was a huge surge in everybody who wanted an allotment. People, want, people wanted to go out and grow their own even though Margot thought it was absolutely dreadful that they dug up the garden and it was all planted, there were pigs and everything else. And, uh, and people wanted allotments. And I still see allotments now as I go back on the train in the morning. There's a huge area around Putney where people go out and garden. There's a bit, bit, bit at Richmond, but sadly, the big wall, which goes onto the back of some lovely houses, which are a, a side road of Richmond Green, is all covered in graffiti. Who are these stupid people who can't spell their own names? We're so dumb that they go around. I, t- I want to go out late at night with a couple of dogs. Let's just put it that way. And I don't mean the cast of The Only Way is Essex. I want to go out there with a couple of dogs and sort of a tranquilizer gun and see these people with night sights because they must do it at night because you can see how they're doing it. They go along by Richmond Station. They do the outline. Then they leave it. Then they go back the next day and start filling it in. I want to dart them, I'm afraid, and hang them up to dry outside the station. So we can see them there. You know, we sort of do a plaster cast of them and say, that's the saddo. You know, it's not like Banksy. Banksy's doing some quiet night. You wouldn't mind if it was a whole row of Banksy's. But it's silly little scribblings from five-year-olds. And it's all the way along there. It's absolutely dreadful. It really is. Um, I, I did feel sorry. I'm sorry to say this, because I don't, I, don't, I don't like to feel sorry, but I do see the way she's going. This is um, a girl called uh, Georgia May. She plays Katie Armstrong... And uh, she's 22, and she's uh, blossomed, they say, into Coronation Street's latest sex siren. OK, that's fine. But we saw this with Helen Flanagan. And look, her, her career, you know, she, she's made a bit of money, but she's never going to act again, is she? They never asked Natalie Cassidy to pose in her underwear, did they? And th- this poor girl here, uh, who's uh, gorgeous Georgie, interviewed by Jen Blackburn, and they've got her posing in sort of bra and pants. Now, to be honest with you, I mean, either she's that sad that that's the way she thinks her career is going, or her agent has gone, this is a good career move. Imagine seeing Judy Dench in bra and knickers. I mean, it just wouldn't happen, would it? And I looked at her and I thought, I felt so sorry for you. You're 22, but your brain capacity is such that people are so publicity hungry now. You haven't got any talent as such. You're just a very, very young actress, but already somebody in a newspaper has persuaded you to get your kit off and pose. In bra and pants. You know, it might be good for certain people. It's not much good for a career. 
Uh, here's the uh, the shy, bumbling star of TV's 40-year-old virgins, a professional actor aged 45 who has had sex before. This is IT en- uh, um, engineer Clive bursting into tears as he struggled to get intimate with a woman. But he is an actor. I mean, you know, it's just another pile of old rubbish, isn't it, on the television? Frankie Boyle, which is quite good, talking about wannabe glamour model Josie Cunningham. You can imagine, can't you? Uh, also, our search and rescue helicopter service is being taken over by an American company, meaning Prince William's future is uncertain. Must be a difficult time for him, what with a new wife and baby on the way. If only he had something else in the pipeline he could fall back on. Such a good line, isn't it? And there's been more more jokes about uh, Ed Miliband. Carol Vorderman's got a broken nose. Gee, every time you turn on the television, there's Carol Vorderman again. Isn't it funny how they pick one person off loose women? All she was was the overpaid person on Countdown. What was she on? Something like... It was something ridiculous, like £2,000 a show. And they axed her because they went, oh, we want somebody cheaper. Somebody much cheaper. And they found somebody much cheaper. You can't believe people could earn money like that, can you? Well, I can, because I know what people earn in the business. But it seems an awful lot. But she's saying here... And uh, it's, uh, she's got a broken nose. Finally, she has something in common with the people who struggle to keep up payments after falling for those loan consolidation ads. Cynics claim she didn't uh, fall and that she's tried to disguise a nose job. Frankie says, I must say it's all rather reminiscent of when she appeared a cup size larger in 2010 after claiming to have had that spot of bother with her new mangle. I do love Frankie Boyle. I do love Frankie Boyle. And here's, um, what am I doing here? Did I keep, keep that one? No, it's the voice and everybody's saying how awful it is, I'm afraid. Uh, Loose Women's Shobnagulati we talked about. And uh, Rylan, who still can't present, I'm afraid. Much as though he thinks he can, he can't. And uh, some things are pointless, like believing George Osborne has the nous to turn the economy round or voting Lib Dem. But whatever the BBC breathlessly tells us, a second series of The Voice falls into this sorry category. So there you go. Nobody likes The Voice, do they? And also David Beckham, who's pictured wearing clothes which are identical to a style guru. Everything the style guru wears, David Beckham follows up. Now, David Beckham, as far as I know, doesn't wear glasses, but here he is wearing oversized glasses, which quite clearly have got clear glass in them, to make him look slightly more interesting. But everything he's done here is based on the American style guru, Nicholson Wooster. And it's everything, from the, uh, from the suit, to the glasses, to, uh, you know, skinny jeans, neon sneakers, uh, also tattoos, black leather outfits, and also the, um, that sarong. All done previously, I'm afraid, by Nicholson Wooster. Everything has been done before. It was like somebody saying the other day, everything that, Ant- oh, that's right, I was saying it, everything that Anton Deck have done, it's been done before on TV shows. It's All they've done is just ripped off every TV show. David Bowie ripped off everything. Everything that David Bowie did was ripped off from somebody else. Mainly Jane County. Jane County used to be Wayne County. Then had an operation that became Jane County. And somebody asked David Bowie about, you know, ripping people off. And he said, well, he said, I just take from the best. Which, which seems fair enough, actually. Now, I can think of... I can't say it, no. I can think of somebody else who's very, very successful in the music business and everything is ripped off. In fact, a friend of mine made a programme. I wish we could play it over here because it's really, really good of... Oh, I can't tell you what it is now. I can't. No, I really can't tell you what it is. But it's, it's very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. When you look at some of these... Well, not even influenced, just basically copied. But you look at, you look at Dave Beckham 
and you then look at this other bloke, it's like looking at a mirror image. But this bloke has done it before. Everything Bowie wrote about was sort of, it was copied. And then later on, of course, people copied David Bowie, who was copying somebody else. So when you see Lady Gaga, you're looking at Ziggy Stardust. And we all remember that fateful interview where David Bowie appears in London on stage with the spiders from Mars, and everybody was sworn to secrecy. He said at the end, before we go into the last song, I'm going to pause, I'm going to talk to the audience. And he says to the audience, listen, thank you very much indeed. This is the last time that we'll be appearing. And that was it. They ceased. They ceased. And there were a couple of people in the band who didn't know. He decided that he wanted to put... Ziggy Stardust to rest. It was a character he said he created with the makeup. It became very uh, an- androgynous, but they all did it. Brian Ferry used to wear makeup in Roxy Music and glittery jackets. Camp as a Christmas tree. You know, everybody. Mark Armand was talking about how Hol- Frankie goes to Hollywood. All these people were copying what they'd seen. Spandau Ballet, classic example. You know, the new romantics were only doing what David Bowie had done 40 years previously. Watch Lady Gaga. What's she doing? Ziggy Stardust. It's the same with the makeup and the ooh, ah, uh, ooh, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. It's the same kind of thing, but all ripped off from somebody else. There's nothing new in the music business. It's like trying to say there's a new magic trick out, and they go, well, actually, it's based on that. It's, 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 and I'm very hurt that a lot of people say that my Chinese walking puppet is, in fact, an April Fool. I promise you. I swear to God, it's not. It's absolutely real. I wish I could tell you the site it was on. But it's, it, it is quite, quite wonderful, actually. Uh, <laughs> one here that says, uh, I have a feeling that the Chinese doll is an April Fool. It's definitely not. And Ray says, you mentioned your car and your workmate, James O'Brien, said it's a seventh hand. I only ask because I often see an ancient old roller in Richmond. And I'm sure it's you. I don't drive a Rolls Royce, I'm afraid. If only, if only. Sadly, I'm not as lucky as that, Ray, to be as uh, rich to drive a, a Rolls Royce. Mind you, having seen James O'Brien's car... It reminds me... Well, I'll, I'll just... One word springs to mind. Noddy. OK, that's all I'll tell you. I won't tell you anything else about it. Uh, Lynn says, oh, do play Richard Griffiths in conversation again. I think you should download it, actually. My friend paid £210 for the concert of One Direction this week. Is that normal? I've, I've got no idea. I, I really wouldn't have the faintest idea of how much tickets cost to go and see One Direction. I, I wouldn't be buying a ticket, put it that way, or standing there screaming, going, Niall, Niall! I'm not that kind of person. No, well, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of anybody. I'll be trying to work out. I watched an old programme which had Peter Andre on. He doesn't contribute a lot to anything, does he, really? And he was a panellist, and they had to work out who was singing live on a programme and who wasn't. And it was a man who had an unusually high voice. But they put four people on. It's a very good programme, actually. It's a very old one. This was a Christmas edition. And still Peter Andre looked like he'd been coiffured by about 300 queens in the business. The time now is uh, 6.30. Apparently marmalade is great on toast and good in bread and butter pudding as an alternative to sultanas and raisins. Lovely. Sounds quite nice. I didn't go to the fair on Clapham Common on Friday. I was far too busy. I was doing David Bowie. And if you listen to the beginning of this programme, you'll hear my gripe with some jobs worth at the V&A. I will be making an official complaint. Uh, 84850. A lot of people saying my Chinese doll is an April Fool. It's definitely not an April Fool. I haven't done any April Fools on the programme. Apparently there's a huge waiting list for allotments. Uh, Does April Fool only last up until 12 noon? Yes. Yes. It finishes... I think also the pinch and a punch for the first day in the month only lasts up until midday. Which means I better get one in on James Max just when he sets off uh, just after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. They'll be talking about the help-to-buy scheme, the bedroom tax coming in. 
I haven't quite fathomed out this bedroom taxing. I don't really quite understand what it is. I'll have to sort of get my head around that a bit later. The off-watt figures are out as well. Uh, look at the paper today. Niall Patterson, the Sky News correspondent, live in the studio. Uh, plus the NHS helpline, all of that and more, with James Max, just after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. Competition time. We have a gadget competition for today, which is lovely, because on Friday, Doug Adams... Doug Adams, from uh, Loughton correctly identified that a joey is the name for a baby kangaroo. So, well done there. And uh, won the fabulous digital camera. Today, it's an Amazon Kindle Fire HD. It's not just an e-book. This is a little bit like that... Um, what do we call it? It's like the... What thing is it? Like the iPad, and the mini iPad. OK, which is nice. And uh, this you can browse the web, interact on social networks, download music, films and more. And you can get your hands on it at seven o'clock this morning. One lucky listener will win it, provided you know the answer to this question. In which UK city would you find the Albert Dock? In which UK city would you find the Albert Dock? Text the word gadget, follow by your answer and send it to 84850 before seven this morning. You've got 20... Five minutes. 25 minutes. The text will cost you pound fifty, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. It's lovely. I like the sound of that. So, want to get your hands on my Kindle Fire HD today? Go for it. Uh, we, think this is a f- th- we think this is an April Fool. It's uh, the disgusting Jodie Marsh. And... Uh, she said that her fake tan is made by Ron Seal. But the trouble is, she doesn't look, at, she doesn't look fake tanned. She's just an attention seeker, I'm afraid. She's just... Oh, dear, oh. oh no, it's not. This is, um, this is... I know where you... Oh, God, it's so disgusting, isn't it? Jodie Marsh, who thinks she's attractive. Neither any personality nor anything at all. No talent. No, you worry about what's going to happen when she gets old next week. And uh, so they've sort of got a picture of her in her... Oh, Dear, it's disgusting, isn't it? It really is. Something odd about bodybuilding people. They're not all there in the brain department, are they? And she's classically not there in the brain department. So that that could be... That could be our April Fool for today. I mean, unless the Jordan wedding is an April Fool. To be honest, looking at uh, poor old Katie Price shoved into this tacky old dress with her vastly overweight new husband, uh, whose jacket doesn't even fit. I mean, it's all right if you're about 15, 16, but to be... Honestly. And this is a stripper, but there again, I suppose they're supposed to look better out of clothes. This one really doesn't look good in them, let me tell you. Not good at all. Uh, reopening hours. Tesco's is open 9 till 6. No reduced Easter eggs at our store, as we were completely sold out. And uh, by lunchtime Friday, sales of Easter eggs, says Val, were up by £40,000 on last year. Do you know what people ran out of Saturday? I was in a, a butcher's shop. Do you know what they'd run out of? Lamb. You know why? Adverts on the television. Lamb. Get Lamb. Little, little baby things running around in the fields. We all had lamb, didn't we? We all had lamb, but I just feel sorry for them because it's not sheep, it's lambs. Little lamb, bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. Oh, quick, take its legs off. Oh, makes me feel awful. Don't like it at all, I'm afraid. Uh, it, uh, 84850. Do you think come midday, David Cameron will say, April Fool, and tell us there are no benefit changes? And the bedroom tax is just a huge joke. What do you reckon? It could be. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? I think I quite, I quite like the idea that somebody would actually do that. Eight four eight five zero. Apparently, apparently, KFC says Kate will solve the problem of the bottom flop on chairs by replacing them with wider, longer benches. 
So now we've started to accommodate the needs of the fatties. They do have some... I mean, to be honest with you, I wouldn't let fat people in shops if we're eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. I mean, it's not a good advert, is it? You go past the window and there's some, some poor person, it tends to be women, who fill up the whole window at the front. Um, I'm trying to find some happy stories to f- finish the programme off with this morning. It's not easy to find happy stories in the, in the, in the papers. Um, I hope you do run the re, uh, rerun the Richard Griffiths interview again. He was a, a great actor. He was a lovely man. He was a lovely man. We love Richard Griffiths. He was great. And that was the only, I was genuinely sad about that when that came through. I was genuinely, not, you know, hugely upset, but I just remember thinking, oh, what a shame. A nice man. He didn't he didn't deserve to uh, to sort of lose his life at all. At any age, I don't like anybody losing losing their, their life. Sun on the front page. Christina, I'm mad for men in suits. I don't know who she is actually. Uh, Princess Diana. This is their this is their main story. It goes back donkey's years. Whereas Cleo Rockus, who has milked everything about Kenny Everett. I mean, there can't be much left, can there? Really, for her to write about. That seems to be a whole thing is uh, Village People's Princess Di posed as man in gay bar with Freddy. Well, and for you could say she dressed up as a bloke and jumped off the Empire State Building. It wouldn't make the slightest difference, would it? Simon Cowell, jubilant. After Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway got a million more viewers than The Voice's opening show. Why would Simon Cowell be jubilant? It's not his show. Why would he be excited about that? Uh, Bieber has been banned by a club, one of the trendiest clubs. Uh, this is uh, Justin Bieber. He's a bit of an embarrassment, really. He's, he's turning into a bit of a bit of a peculiar little boy. He apparently groped girls in Austria. Yeah, right. Uh, rock millionaires Mick Jagger and Ronnie Wood went camping over Easter to prepare for sleeping in tents at Glastonbury. Yeah, right. You really think they're going to be sleeping in tents? Grow up, for goodness sake. No chance. No chance. They're going to be... If they're going to be in anything, they'll be in a helicopter ferried to a local hotel... There is no chance they're going to be sleeping under... Well, at their age, they'll be frozen to death, poor little souls. No chance. Um, There's, um, oh, I don't know. Two... (laughs) I quite like this story. Two uh, two crooks who were chased into a house by cops gave themselves up after an officer pretended to be a fierce dog. Doesn't even sound convincing, does it, really? The pair had been warned by police surrounding the building that a canine unit was on its way. When the dogs were unavailable, they're obviously doing their nails or something, apparently a cop began doing loud barking noises, and Kwame Wells, Jordan and Norman Boone uh, were so impressed by it, they thought the hound was going to be unleashed on them, and so they're both convicted criminals. It's in America, though. Perhaps the police in America give do, do better dog impressions. I've never heard of it, actually. I've never heard of it. Oh, dear. A jobless mum is accused of renting out her £2 million taxpayer-funded flat for four grand a week whilst shamelessly trousering housing benefit. Oh, dear, honestly. I don't know why we house these people. I really don't. Uh, Paul Gascoigne has returned to hospital to visit a former teammate. Can't find anything here. Can't find anything to do with... uh, with April Fool's, no-one's cash is safe after a raid on Cyprus. See, that's the question I'd be asking Peter Andre. Have your family lost any money over in Cyprus? You know, your brother... I should have asked Nathan Morley, actually, because Nathan Morley must be in a bank in Cyprus, I'm assuming. He sent me a text the other day. Is he what? Is he doing bits for... Oh, good. We like Nathan. We like Nathan Morley. Uh, Simon Cowell getting a lift from Anne Deck and Lewis Hamilton... Um, and insisting his Britain's Got Talent is in pole position to thrash The Voice. Shouldn't take too much. The Voice is so awful. So awful. And primary school kids 
are being served up kids' puddings crammed with up to ten teaspoonfuls of sugar. Apparently, some of the things that they get at school is uh, mandarin jelly. Oh, I love mandarin jelly. <sighs> My favourite, mandarin jelly. Do you know there's a trick to, to, to making your mandarins spread throughout the whole thing as opposed to just settling on the top, on the bottom? You apparently have to pour the jelly over the mandarins. In a sieve. So you put the mandarins in a sieve, then you pour the jelly over the top into the bowl, and then you put the mandarins in. And that way they sort of, they spread through. I don't know. That's what I'm just told. Not making it up. It's not an April Fool or nothing like that. Lemon drizzle cake. Oh, sticky toffee pudding. Bit chav, isn't it, now? Because that's what Jordan had for pudding at her wedding. Sounds like a real low-rent thing, doesn't it? Chocolate orange cupcake. Is that what they give them at school now for puddings? Whatever happened to a portion of pineapple? Or a portion of strawberries or something like that. A bit of fruit or a nibble on a stick or something. I don't know. Ridiculous. Apparently, the big chill is going on. It's going on and on and on. Do you know, I'm be gl- I said to somebody the other day, I'll be so glad when winter's finished. Because it seems to me that I'm living permanently in winter. Permanently. My heating's gone on more times this year than any other time in living memory. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, oh, Cara Delvine again. Obviously got a really good agent, managed to get any old naff story about her in the papers as if we really cared. And, uh, I don't know, do you think the, um, the William Shakespeare one is a, is a joke? I think we, we, we can all establish that Jodie Marsh is a joke, unfortunately, and she's, she's failed to realise it. And also, expensive shampoos are no better on cleaning your hair than cheap brands. And they've got a picture of Cheryl Cole. Well, it's not her hair, it doesn't make any difference, does it? So, you know, you can clean string with shampoo. What's this one here? Oh, one one ticket scooping Saturday's £4.2 million lottery. I'm not lucky, am I? It's only £4.2 million. It's not worth having, is it, really? £4.2 million. Well, it's nice, but it's not going to change your life, is it? Well, probably, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I I can't find anything. I don't think there are any. I think people have just not not sort of bothered. Picture of Talisa just wearing a, a tank top for the Lakers. And that's it. Obviously, Talisa standing upright, apparently, now is something to get excited about. Uh, Pet Monkey's personal zoo, more money than sense. And this is the, uh, the Justin Bieber story, because he has a pet monkey as well. The trouble is, you get the feeling that Justin Bieber goes home and his mother goes, Justin, in here, sit down and eat your egg and chips. You go, yes, mum, yes, mum. I don't see him as being anything butcher than that, I'm afraid. Quarter to seven. L- LBC 97.3. Call 08456060973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Don't forget, you've got to get your skates on for the competition. You've only got 12 minutes left. 12 minutes left to get your hands today on my Amazon Kindle Fire HD. So it's like one of those iPad things, okay? So it's not just an e-book means you download books and everything else but it's a fully functioning tablet so you can browse the web interact on social networks you can download your music your film your f- you can do everything on it and you can get your hands on it at seven o'clock this morning in 12 minutes time one lucky whistle one lucky whistler i keep saying that why do i keep saying it every time what have i got about whistling what have i got about whistling it's strange, somebody asked Richard Briers. He used to whistle in The Good Life. And people used to say, what are you whistling? And it was, it was part of... Oh, there's, there's Petri. And um, it's true what they say about television. Anyway, the, um, so, um, yes, he whistled. And he was whistling something from... Um, I think it was Over the Rainbow. And he was doing that every time. People wanted to know what it was. It was from, from Over the Rainbow. It's so true what they say, isn't it? Anyway, um, there's... Um, 
So today, the Amazon Kindle Fire HD. How do you get your hands on it? You need to know the answer to this question. In which UK city would you find the Albert Dock? In which UK city would you find the Albert Dock? Text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer to 84850. So it's gadget, then your answer where you would find the Albert Dock, and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. Don't leave it till till the last minute. The text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. OK. Women are the worst drivers. I'm so sorry, I didn't want to bring you this story, actually. Women are the worst drivers, apparently, at least in the L-test. Well, I was rubbish. I was rubbish in the L-test. I can drive now. I'm a very good driver. Very good driver. Listening as usual from Florida, says Wendy. Back in January, we had Downton Abbey Series 3. Absolutely adored Downton. Now Julian Fellow's daughter is coming here to talk about the history of Downton at three South Florida theatres. How much for a ticket? The US dollar equivalent, £166. Is she coining it or not? So Julian Fellow's daughter. Blimey. That's, a, that's one for the, uh, the British press. They'll love that one. They will love that one. Um, uh, I don't know if you caught the programme last night. 40 years of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Michael Ball presenting. I knew that because he told us. Nicole Scherzinger's performance, fantastic. I thought she'd be rubbish, but what a voice. Yes, apparently so. Apparently so. I didn't see it. I didn't see it, but Michael, Michael did say last. Uh, Steve, did you see the boat race swearing on it? I guess next year they won't mic the boats up. And it, well, to be honest with you, we don't need to hear language like that. Just some common little American who, who thinks that swearing is OK. It shows a lack of intelligence, I'm afraid. A total lack of intelli- in- intelligence. Uh, lovely to have uh, Paul back contributing, says Jackie. Which is good. OK, let's quickly go back and finish off some of the... Just for, I'm, literally, I'm going to run out of time on this programme today. Jessica Wright has an underwear shop in Loughton High Road, same place as Lydia Bright's. You seem to think they all live in Brentwood. No, I didn't say they lived in Brentwood. I think that's where most of the action concentrates on. Uh, apparently, Joey Essex, Arge, Ricky, Chloe, Gemma all live round here. How lucky are we, says Sam in Loughton. Oh, dear. How, how naff. Mind you, as soon as the programme finishes, don't worry, then it'll just uh, go. Uh, today's my birthday, says Tricia. I'm going to walk Sid and Sally. Then Mum and I are going to Elton Palace. Well, that's lovely. And then she's going to the uh, the opera at Covent Garden. Oh, Elton Palace is lovely. That re- that's the Courtauld families, isn't it? And that was one of the original uh, homes of Henry VIII. It's lovely. It's got a really, really lovely hall inside. Really, really nice. Uh, here's the, uh, the police officer who's suing over, can't see her feet, and not surprised, look at the size of her stomach, I'm afraid. And so, um... You know, if she didn't have a torch, she's not exactly a great advert for the police. She really isn't. Little John, Richard Little John, has said not fit to wear the same uniform as a proper copper. I mean, you know, she is overweight. Now she's but I don't know. Perhaps they don't, perhaps you can join the police force now without having to worry about things like that. Viewers criticise the boat race producers for leaving the microphone on. Well, you'd think they'd realise, but I suppose they've got to get some sort of publicity. And the police who weren't interested in Bill Wyman's affair with a thirteen-year-old. And this is Mandy Smith, who he married, who he was having a relationship with. The trouble is, Mandy Smith, at 13, was six foot tall. Not that that excuses it at all. But uh, he's 76. He began courting Mandy Smith when she was 13, and he was 48. They married disastrously when she was 18. But her mother joined them on honeymoon, and they spent less than a week of married life together. She claimed they had sex when she was 14, and her sister has called for the ex-stone to be prosecuted. So he, he goes to the police and said, you interested? They went, no. 
They're not. They're really not. An iPad means that you've arrived. A Kindle means that you've arrived as well. That's why you've only got eight minutes left to get your hands on mine this morning. And these are things which mean that you are you are somebody. You are somebody. Uh, a luxury holiday on a remote island or in a private villa. Well, that's not for many of us, is it, I'm afraid? Uh, a smartphone. A smartphone. That, that's, that's a fairly good thing to have. £15,000 in savings. If you've got £15,000 or more in savings, that means that uh, you've arrived. A salary of £63,938. If you're not earning that, you've not arrived, I'm afraid. So it takes everybody out of the equation, doesn't it? Uh, at least one second home. No. So far, I'm fitting into the asylum seeker category. Uh, A designer watch, Rolex, Cartier, Tag or Omega. Uh, Your kids go to private or boarding school. All these are signs that you have arrived. Louis Vuitton luggage. Dear, how naff. A Prada handbag. A convertible car. See, I never thought about having a convertible car. I don't have a convertible car, but I suppose eventually I could sort of drag the roof off. Uh, if you've got a dog walker, a cleaner, a nanny, or a personalised number plate, you've arrived. Um, you have to drive an Aston Martin, a Ferrari, a Mercedes, or a Porsche. Porsche. I don't think they're, they're very good at all, actually. I mean, to be honest with you, a Mercedes, minicab drivers drive those in Austria, so that's not very exciting. A Porsche, pff, looks so dated. A Ferrari, always breaking down. And an Aston Martin... Okay, but do you really know what they look like? Probably not. As far as I'm concerned, the only decent car to have is a a Rolls Phantom. Uh, There's a woman here who says she was raised by monkeys. This is... She says she was raised by capuchin monkeys. Uh, I don't believe a word of it, I'm afraid. She's uh, mad as a brush, I'm afraid. Mad as a brush. And here she is. uh, it's, It's glossy. This is Marina Chapman. Uh, She lives in Bradford. She's spoken publicly about a bizarre chain of events she claims saw her raised in a South American rainforest by capuchin monkeys. You get these people, don't you? They crawl out the woodwork and you kind of worry for them, really. And they're not all there in the the real world at all. Uh, The BBC's new Lower Orders costume serial, The Village with Maxine Peake. Uh, I haven't seen it. It started last night. I mean, the, the clips I saw looked absolutely brilliant. But I wasn't, I wasn't actually sure whether... It, I, didn't just, I didn't like the title, The Village. It doesn't really sound very exciting, does it? Um, I'm trying to find... Oh, blimey. Russian to ban gay foreign adoption. Vladimir Putin plans to ban foreign same-sex couples from adopting children from his country. Not an April Fool, is it, at all? And uh, here they are. This is uh, the night Diana dressed as a man to visit a gay bar. This is the story which has come in from Cleo Rockus. Which is uh, a little bit worrying. I became a drug dealer after my dad rejected me. And who is the dad? Uh, the dad is Tom Jones. Dreaming of cake could help you lose weight. I don't think so. And uh, for a signed Sergeant Pepper, this is the album sleep. Do you know what I tell you what you could buy in the V&A Museum? You could buy Bowie's albums on vinyl. They'd vi- now, whether they were original or they're re- reprints, I've got no idea. But they looked, they looked original to me. And I think the double album, one of the double albums, was 60 quid, which proves how much they've shot of him. Now, whether they're originals, I've got no idea. If they are, I should go back and buy one, actually. I think that could be quite a good in- investment. But this, uh, this Beatles, signed Sergeant Pepper, has gone for £200,000. Uh, the unnamed owner had been advised that the sleeve could fetch around 20,000 quid at an auction in Texas, and the final bid was $290,000. It's uh, a guy from the Midwest. Because what you're looking for with the Beatles 
is all their signatures on one page. To actually have it on the Sergeant Pepper album sleeve is quite rare because the problem that you have with Beatles signatures, and I think a full set goes for, generally speaking, depending on what it's on, seven to £10,000. But they've got to be genuine because, as you know, a lot of the Beatles signed for each other. I think George could sign for Ringo, Ringo could sign for Paul, Paul could sign for Lennon and uh, Harrison as well. So they, they, you, you had to make sure. The only way you could always guarantee is if you were standing there while they signed the blooming things. But the experts can tell straight away who actually signed the, uh, the signature. So it's great. I don't have any Beatles signatures at all. My brother's got a copy of My Bonnie, which they did, I think, with Tony Sheridan. But £200,000. I think that sets a new record. Even after all these years, the Beatles are still, still making money. Although the interest in David Bowie has almost uh, surpassed that now. Because with an exhibition... I mean, we haven't had an, an exhibition of the Beatles stuff. And I'm led to believe that somewhere are all the costumes. All the stuff that they wore for Sergeant Pepper. Where? I don't know. We don't want any copies of it, but, I mean, that could be the next big thing in line for the V&A. Could be. You've literally got two minutes left to get your hands on our fantastic Kindle this morning. In the competition, all you need to do is tell me the answer to the question, which city would you find, UK city, the Albert Dock? You need to check the, uh, the word gadget into your phone, then your answer, and then send it to 84850. It's got to be in by 7 o'clock this morning. OK, text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions on lbc.co.uk. And I'll tell you tomorrow who the winner is. Hopefully, it'll be your name that I'm reading out. So the Amazon Kindle Fire HD. So I'd get it in now, just in case you haven't set your clocks exactly correctly. The, that means that provided you sort of do it as quick as you can now, then your entry will be included, and hopefully... They will pick it out, OK? Uh, 84850, steve at is the number you'll have to use tomorrow morning because it's far too late to do it now. So good luck. Enjoy the rest of the day. Hopefully we're all back to normal tomorrow. But today you can go out shopping and you can do all the usual things that you want to do that you couldn't do yesterday because shops of a certain size were all closed down, OK? And uh, drop me an, an email if you think that we should run the uh, Richard Griffiths interview for In Conversation this coming Sunday. I personally am now thinking perhaps you should download it. 3rd of June, I think we said it was. 3rd of June. So it's still there on the system, but it won't be there for very long. So so go and check it out. Lovely man, lovely interview, and much missed. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at 4. No free podcast today, but after the news at 7, James Max.